Welcome, Guardians. It's June 4th and 5th, 2017, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is going to be one of our mostly non-lore-y type shows. Uh, we don't have our, our current resident astro-Jesus, physics-Jesus, whatever he was called once upon a time, uh, cosmology here, and uh, we definitely want him here as we continue to explore the Vault of Glass. Um, you know, it's it's been great having him with us, so we want to continue with that. So, in the meantime, we're going to uh, do a little house cleaning, answer some user questions we've gotten via our email and Twitter, um, talk about some of the, the big news that's been going on with the Destiny 2 announcement, and uh, just chit-chat a little bit. Uh, we're going to pretty much do whatever we want to do right now, and you're going to have to listen to it. Well, or not. I mean, you can turn it off anytime, but... We uh, we're gonna do it. So this is our uh, our DGS variety hour, I guess is what we're gonna coin this. So I am hey hey, it's X Ray. <laughs> That's a nice one. <laughs> and and this week we've got drop Kelef tonight. Yep. Drop slash. What's up? What is that one? I missed that. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping maybe. Maybe sure. I don't know. I didn't know. Any, I don't know anything about variety television. So, but I know that <laughs> McAuliffe Tonight is apparently as is a variety show in Australia. So, uh. oh. <laughs> and apparently so is so is Hey Hey It's Saturday. So that's why I did yours. But. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that one either. But hey, hey, hey. That's I know. Cool hey, hey, me. it's it's Saturday. I'm guessing McAuliffe is Sean McAuliffe. In which case, he is a different show at the moment. Oh. But I could believe that. TV comedian, sort of. Well, and that is Sherbet Pop. Uh, and I think you all missed out on, on her. Well, we missed out on her being on the show um, when Drop came and told us about his experience at the Destiny 2 reveal. So it's nice to have you back. Um, I didn't, And we're all going to talk about things we've been doing. But uh, how have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, I haven't been up to much. Just chugging along through life. It's been cold. I've been sick. <laughs> This <laughs> not like deadly sick, just kind of like cold flu sort of thing that's been going just around here. Bit. So just been taking it easy and doing school and stuff. So yeah, cool, <laughs> nice. Um, and and drop. I kind of like I said, I kind of skipped you. But what have you been up to? Uh, no, I was. Now I'm sad that you didn't read Shurbado Gigante. <laughs> I didn't want to s- screw it up. <laughs> uh, What's that one? Is that another you show? Never, you never grew up with Sabato Gigante? No. Giant Saturday is a Hispanic television uh, variety show. Uh, America. No, I no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I don't even. I've never heard of it. So yeah. Uh, it, it seemed. It seems like one of those shows. At least when I was growing up, that whenever you were flicking through the channels, no matter what day it was, Sabato Gigante was always on. Oh so. wow. Okay. <laughs> hmm. I just like hearing you say it. Yeah, sounds good. Um, uh, not too much is going on. I've just been sort of hanging out. I haven't been playing a ton of Destiny. Uh, just because now we're in this like weird sort of like lull time. But actually, after like, getting hands-on Destiny 2, it's like a little tough to go back to Destiny 1. I've heard that. I've seen other people say that. They're like, uh, I feel like I don't know what to do anymore because I know what, what's coming, you know? Uh, so I went back. I've been playing a lot of. I played uh, Diablo Three Reaper of Souls with uh, D W McD uh, and one of his pals. What are you playing and that on? I'm playing on PS4. Ah, okay. 
uh, yeah, I activated a free trial of PlayStation Plus just to play with him. But I'm working on. I've got. I'm up to, and I know I'm like I'm like really proud of myself, but I know I keep debating like looking up Diablo three streamers to see what the current status of the game is because they just got a, a, a pretty big update. I'm like, oh well, I'm like I'm Paragon 160 on five different characters, so I'm like I'm doing pretty well, and I'm sure there's people no. who are like I'm running like maximum like uh, empowered rifts at like level fifty, and like I'm sure I'm nothing, but I love that game. It's uh, I've broken the different characters up into things I like doing. I just finished, uh, what's it called? Barbarian. Mm-hmm. And I finally got a gem of ease uh, up to level 25. So it it reduces the level requirement for any weapon that it's slotted into to one. So I started a crusader with a ridiculous sword. That's a level yeah. 70 sword. <laughs> Yeah, it's so uh, awesome. So I played for like an hour on that Crusader, and it's already like level 60. I got like five levels by killing two enemies. It was ridiculous. Yeah, power uh, leveling in that game is so much fun. And like, uh, there was so, I mean, I so I played that on PC. As soon as it released, I had friends that were like, oh, are you going to play? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we all chose different classes, and I ended up with a monk when monks were garbage oh my gosh i would sit there and i could i could tank anything all day long but i couldn't do any damage to anything i was like ugh and it was just so great running around but then they had all these glass cannons you know i mean oh yeah. I, just, I just that game was so much fun i played that a lot and <laughs> and like you're talking about you know we were we were playing heavy and keeping up with some of the big time players for a while and then uh Right about the time the seasons, they introduced seasons into the game, um, my, my time changed a little bit, and I actually got more into to Destiny at the time. Nice. And everybody just blew past me, and so I'd jump back in every <laughs> once in a while. I'm like, oh my gosh, how are you guys? Got all that cool stuff. And they're like, oh, come on. And you just get lost in it for hours again. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Seasons just started on console. That was part of the last update. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been on PC for a while now. I want to say oh, yeah. Yeah, for two like- years or whatever. So yeah, it's fun. My my monk is my gold farming character because it just seemed like there's a lot of options for I don't know, there's items like enemies explode into showers of money and money rains from the sky <laughs> when you kill an enemy and, yep. and and monk there's a like cold wasn't Coldari? Coldari's cube. I don't know, something that lets you extract legendary powers. There's one on monk that lets you double your attack speed. So you just hold the attack button down and you're just like a death tornado so yeah he's it's he's all specked out that monk is all specked out for money uh and then i run the riffs on my wizard or sorcerer or whatever one it is uh have you seen any of those uh treasure goblins yet that that you follow into the that you follow through the the little little portal yeah yeah and then they're like the oh i forget the name of the bosses it's the boss he comes Greed. out and he's got like all the little goblins around and stuff and yeah yeah she drops treasure chests on your yeah head. oh my gosh it's so cool that was I, the first time i played that it was it was just i was beside myself it was amazing i made it to like the, the cow land too yeah goblins. yeah that's fun the staff are hurting and yeah and yeah yeah i like Very the wizard cool. i'm the wizard build that i have is just all it's a disintegrate and 
Singularity or Black Hole, whatever that move is called. Mm-hmm. So just like flying around shooting lasers everywhere is awesome. Yeah, so apparently they've got a, a Necromancer back. I read. On I guess it's just, is it just on PC? I guess it, I, don't, I don't know much about it yet, but that was my favorite in Diablo 2. I played, that That was my main in Diablo 2. The Necromancer was so much fun. So, so I wish I could port the, my characters over to the Xbox One so I could play an Xbox One. But mm-hmm. I think I might have that. Diablo 3 on PlayStation. I'll have to check it out and see if I do it. See what I still do. All right, so let's get on to a couple other announcements then. Um, I've got something that I mentioned very vaguely back, oh gosh, the end of last summer, and I haven't talked much else about it until recently because um, the gentleman who uh, who kind of sought me out or, or pulled me in um, contacted me and, and gave me a little update on this thing. So um, I was contacted after... Not too long after we spoke with, uh, oh gosh, Kirsten Potter, and I had, you know, just jokingly, kind of jokingly mentioned how interested I'd be in like narration and and doing voice stuff, and I got contacted by a listener um, who I who I knew through other means, uh, and he said, hey, you know, I've got this this uh, application that we're getting ready to do a, a big redesign on and we actually have this this kind of teacher character that we want to voice that uh, will give you instructions or, or kind of congratulations and, and progress updates and stuff as you play and I'm like oh yeah I'll, that sounds awesome you know you want me to do that and I was, I was pretty shocked and uh, ended up ended up uh, recording a bunch of lines for them to use in their app, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about it real quick. It's called a uh, Qwerty Town, um, kind of like a Qwerty keyboard. And uh, Qwerty Town is a web-based keyboarding app, and it teaches typing and online communication skills. Uh, students are driven to succeed by Qwerty Town's games, rewards, social motivation, powerful teaching reports, and deep understanding of how keyboarding skills improve their lives in and out of school. Um, Man, it is. It, it was. It was so neat. Well, it wasn't due to release until the beginning of the year, which it did. And apparently, uh, since um, having released, you know, people love the update to it, and and people actually like, I guess, my voice in it. So that was awesome to hear. And so we'll get some some links in there. And I've played it. They gave me a um, whenever it was still kind of in beta. You know, just so he's like, here, you gotta, you gotta beat these levels though. If you want to see your guy talk, I'm like, oh sweet. I actually have this little avatar character that uh, is has a beard and and glasses, and you know, it's it's not doesn't look like me exactly, but it's the resemblance is is there. And uh, so I'll get some links in there for it, so everyone can go check it out. Um, you can sign up for a free trial, and it's just really fun. Uh, and it's it's used throughout uh, some schools, and they've got program. I mean, there's like individual signups and and uh, teachers. If there's any teachers out there listening, you know, you can it's, you can get uh, you can sign up your class and, and stuff like that. But it's it's worth it, and it was pretty cool to to be able to do something like that, which has kind of motiv- motivated me to to want to get into it a little more. So I may be trying to look for some other things to do with with my voice and with uh, with talking and and maybe not for uh necessarily for monetary value but just to just to do things so i will keep everyone updated because i know some people like to listen to me talk sometimes and some people hate it so <laughs> but yeah so that's one thing and, and like i said we'll get some links out there um what else we have going on 
Let's see. I, I just I just found out via the DGS Twitter feed that Scruff Gaming makes PlayStation controllers shaped like Xbox One controllers. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. What? Why am I just finding out about this? Yeah, Scuff. Uh, they've been. I think they've been doing that for a while. It just. Oh my uh, god! I need one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see think... the uh, the more elite like PlayStation controllers. The more and more they look like Xbox controllers in all like the <laughs> electronic store mags that I've got and everything like catalogs. And it's just like these are looking a bit Xboxy, but I mean Xbox yeah. controllers are awesome, so that makes sense. Well, I mean, we well, used to have this. I used to have that conversation with with my brother about. We used to talk about either what is the greatest console ever made, and then what is the greatest controller. And for a long time, we were convinced that the the Dual Shock Two. Oh yeah, was at, like the at greatest. At the time, controller. at the time, it probably was. Uh, but the three sixty controller, I think, is spectacular. And then they just sort of ported that over to the Xbox One. The D pad yeah. could be a little bit nicer for fighting game fans, but. I just feel like the position of the buttons and the way it sits in my hands is much nicer. I have, I have little short fingers. I can't reach over the whole thing. <laughs> Got to be able to hit everything in my range. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to pick one of those up. That's that's awesome. Uh, and then our that that console debate always devolves into Super Nintendo or PlayStation Two. Man, it's tough. And it's tough that you just a. Uh, the sheer scope of games that were available on those two consoles were incredible. And we probably lean towards uh, Super Nintendo just because of our nostalgia growing up. I was going to say, but, did you grow up with uh, with an original NES in the house? I did, yep. Okay. Man, I, had, I played that a lot, um, and I had a lot of difficult games. And I got to say, for me, I think that just the the challenge of those games um i think from a standpoint of yeah they had some you know they had save codes on some games but there were a lot that didn't um you know it wasn't you know you weren't saving your progress or anything it would just start you at the level that you ended in or whatever just by typing in a billion stupid little characters but uh but man i miss some of those really hard games the ones that like I've said this before, I think, that, you know, games to me anymore are a little dumbed down, you know, having a million different difficulty settings, and even if you jack it all the way up and it's still somewhat easy, just bothers me a bit. I like the challenge. Um, even if I can't beat something, I still enjoy trying to. Uh, but, yeah, NES for me, I think, might might have it. I, th- I mean, yeah, I just, in terms of overall impact, uh, there was nothing really. I mean, it wasn't until the PlayStation Two uh, that we saw sort of like a, a immense change in landscape, like the Super Nintendo presented. I remember the first day we. I remember the first day of getting a Nintendo on Christmas morning uh, and setting it all up and playing it. But it wasn't until we got the Super NES that I remember being blown away by how good Super Mario World looked. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. And then. Just a, the non-stop games. Some of the games were just so good. And I think a lot of memories, I, like I said, I grew up with two brothers. So just having like multiplayer games and the the sheer scope of the games that were on were on Super Nintendo. And even for people who didn't, who played so many, the original Chrono Trigger and 
Tales of Fantasia, Super Metroid was amazing. Uh, I played a lot of Contra 3. Uh, it's when, you know, the Ninja Turtles games went from being like the, that impossible NES Super Nintendo game <laughs> to like the ar- almost arcade style game. Like yeah. Turtles in Time, uh, Street Fighter 2 was on Super NES, Mega Man X, uh, when the Mortal Kombat games first came out on Mortal Monday. Uh, there was just Final Fight. Like, there were so many good Super Nintendo games that it was just... But then nobody ever seen anything like uh, the PlayStation 2 when that launched. Like, that was everybody who played games. Like, there was lines around blocks. That Christmas was complete and utter pandemonium Yeah. Uh, to get hands on a, a PlayStation 2. Yeah, yeah. They came with Tekken Tag. Tekken Tag was amazing. Uh and Tekken Bowling that came with Tekken Tag. <laughs> Tekken Bowling. <laughs> yeah, all of, all of my friends had PlayStation 2s. Like, I'm probably a bit young for a lot of this conversation, but, like, around, like, primary school, which I guess for the States would be elementary and early middle school, was, like, every one of my friends had PlayStation 2s, and they all had so many games, and I didn't, and I was like... Look at all these games they have. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> Every party we had in, like, years four and five and six was SingStar. <laughs> like, every <laughs> single party. And eventually, because we had all these friends with PlayStation 2s, um, we got a PlayStation 2. <clears throat> and uh, it was a little past the era of PlayStation 2s. I think the three had come <laughs> out by then. All we had on it, because I, I wanted SingStar. So someone gave me High School Musical SingStar. That's all I had. <laughs> and uh, we had SingStar, uh. iToy, and iToy Lemmings. Oh man, Lemmings. <laughs> and iToy, iToy Lemmings was when you had to get them from the start to the end using like your body. It was pretty cool. You put your arm up, they'd walk down your arm sort of thing. Except Whoa, that sounds really cool in theory. Yeah, I remember, I remember except that. they were running along our picture rail. In the back. <laughs> <laughs> and we could never finish the levels unless we, like, blocked it off. And they'd run along our couches and stuff because the game just didn't... Like, the camera was so basic it didn't detect what was people and what was not people. What was not, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. That was all we had on the PlayStation 2. But I just remember all my friends having that at one point. Like, I knew at least ten people with PlayStation 2s and they just had so many games on it. It was really cool. We had an Xbox, which was still cool. We had lots of games on it, but grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the PlayStation 2 really, like, opened up this amazing world of of games that like, we'd never really seen before. I remember playing the original Battle Arena Toshinden on PS1 and being like, this is amazing, you can roll around the arena, oh my god. And the PS2, you know, with Tekken Tag looked... That was really like the arcades are like the arcades are coming home. Like we're getting we're getting games that look better on our TVs at home than we do in arcades. And for a long time, that was the comparison, right? Like, does it play like the arcade? Does it look like the arcade? Does it look like the arcade? But the PS2 opened up experiences that could never ever be done in our arcades. Like Grand Theft Auto Three was a juggernaut. Like there was nobody ever seen a game like that before. Uh, and then some of the other stuff we got, like the God of War series and. Uh, Things like Ico and Shadow of the Colossus, Final Fantasy X, and there was just there were so many good PS2 games. 
Persona. Uh, when Clover Studios came about, they started making games like Okami and God Hand, and just oh, there was just so much good stuff on on the PS2. So we go back and forth. Like Super Nintendo gets the nostalgia tint, but PS2 just gets like the sheer breadth of. And the marketing campaigns were amazing. People were. And that was a that was a big thing when the PS3 came out, right? The the backwards compatibility. Are you preserving backwards compatibility uh, with the PS2 games? Just because there were so many PS2 games. Well, and they did initially. I don't know. I never had a PS3, so oh I don't no, know. they did. They absolutely did. So like the first gen PS3s were backwards compatible, and put the disc in PlayStation Two game, and it would play. Nice. And. Uh, then, like the the next like right the the next version or, or whatever came out, and they no longer supported that, and it had to do with the hardware limitations or something weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was like a lot more expensive to to build those. But the uh, the backwards compatible ones became super, you know, oh, sought, sought after, after. <laughs> and value. Oh man, people were selling them for a ton of money. They probably still are today. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it was it was awesome, and then all of a sudden it all went away, and and me and all my friends were like, what? Why on earth would they take that away? And and that was a you know big thing that people were kind of looking for. But yeah, it was. If I think if I think about it now, I think the Xbox 360 might have gotten close. There were some pretty incredible games on the Xbox 360. Yeah, I was I was late to the to the Microsoft. Um, world. Uh, I was I was a total PlayStation guy, um, and I had my PlayStation Two and all my games, and and was really happy with it. And then I got a taste of Halo. Um, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, let me see what this is about. And so I and it was like right when the 360 came out, uh, I found a guy who was selling off all his original Xbox stuff to fund buying a 360. So I'm like. Yep, I'll buy all that. And, I mean, it was a ton of stuff. This guy had, I mean, I probably got, like, 30 games in the Xbox. And and I think I had, like, four, I think it had four controllers with it. Um, and uh, I got it super cheap. I mean, like, at the time it was, I don't know, 150 bucks or something like that. And the only two games, the, the main games I played were, you know, Halo and Halo 2. And I jumped into pvp and halo 2 and that was that was the end of that and i'm like oh gosh okay now i need to figure out how to get rid of this thing so i can get a 360 so i can play halo 3 and uh and that was that was how it how it kind of went down i ended up getting a 360 and jumped into halo 3 and man it was great good times i held off i held off on the xbox until knights of the old republic Mm-hmm. And then, and then I got an Xbox just to play Knights of the Old Republic. See, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, well, Xbox was technically like my first console. I think Xbox and Halo, the first one, would have been like the first major game I ever played. I'm pretty sure I was like five years old when I played it. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Because, well, because around that time, the only console I really had. Well, not that it really happened. Like, I was already working for Nintendo at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was playing so much Fantasy Star Online, which was only on GameCube at the time. So I had a GameCube with a network adapter, and I was just playing 
Fantasy Star Online nonstop. And it was my brother who bought the Xbox, the original Xbox first, so he could play Halo. He just got sucked into Halo, same way Halo 1 and Halo 2. Just like, there's nothing like this. It was incredible. But I wasn't a big uh, FPS fan. But then when I heard about Knights of the Old Republic, uh, I was like, I, I need to play this. I didn't play a lot of original Xbox. I played Knights of the Republic. I played Burnout 3 a lot. <laughs> the game's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I was still playing. I was still jamming away on the GameCube. And the 360 really just... I'm like, I have to get a 360. That was... It seemed like the console to have. So. Yeah. Well, what else? Let's uh, Let's keep this show moving a little bit um, yeah, got, wax yeah. nostalgic yeah i could do that all day we could end up changing this to a to a nostalgia show just let's just go back to the 80s and start from the atari and work our way forward um so as far as as news and announcements before we get into destiny stuff um i do want to mention one other thing that that i found today um and I actually was trying to get make sure it was okay to talk about this on the show, but I don't see why it'd be a problem since it's out there in the public, and I, I like to help promote stuff and push stuff if you haven't noticed. Um, I came across a post from uh, Jonathan Goff, who we all know, um, well, most of us know or, or should know, and if you don't know, you'll find out now. He uh, he wrote some for Destiny, and he's uh, an artist. Um, but uh, him and a, a couple other artists... Uh, Man, Travis Sengis, I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm going to butcher these names, um, who wrote, uh, or I guess drew for Adventures of Spawn, and then FCO Placentia, maybe? Uh, a Batman artist. Man, Placentia. And, and, yeah, and somebody out there who's a fan is going to be cursing my name. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> they have a Kickstarter going for a sci-fi action-adventure comic book series called Big Hitters. Uh, they are looking to fund the project and basically start this this um, this comic. Uh, and what it, what it is, uh, from the description from their Kickstarter says, What is Big Hitters? Big Hitters is a full-color sci-fi buddy comedy action-adventure crime story about a pair of hitmen trying to make a living on both sides of the law in a post-war galaxy. Think Lethal Weapon in Space meets Guardians of the Galaxy in the streets, raised on Saturday morning cartoons and R-rated movies. Sounds like my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> hello, sign me up. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we'll put a link in the description and um, and there's different there's def there, you know with all these Kickstarters there's always uh, different levels of pledges you can make and just to give you an idea of some of the stuff you can get I mean just for a three dollar pledge or more you can get a digital copy of Big Hitters number one 24 pages full color with your name in the thank you section um, there's a five dollar pledge fifteen and and it goes I mean it just goes up pretty high um, but there I mean you can get special exclusive variants of the covers and um, I think there was one that uh, you could get a uh, commissioned drawing of I guess yourself or let me see let me find where this uh, where this was because it was pretty funny um $75 it says um, sci-fi mugshot uh, you can get a sci-fi mugshot of any one of your choosing yourself a friend family member or pet so I mean, it. 
it looks really cool. There's there's some some examples of what the art's like, and and there's actually a little little video of kind of a, a you know montage of some of the some of the frames that, that are in the comic, and uh, it looks like something I'll be into. So I'm gonna gonna probably do a little donation of my own. Um, there's some more information about the artists, uh, and like I said, if you don't know who Jonathan Goff is, he's uh, his credits include Destiny, Halo, uh, Spawn, Blood Red Dragon, Haunt, The Adventures of Spawn, um, and he was a brand manager and creative director for McFarlane Toys, and uh, his, he's got a, a bunch of his own own comic series is out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, go go check it out. It looks super cool, and we'll get some links out there for everybody to see. Yeah, the the credits that some of these guys combined are crazy. Oh yeah, this is a great group. I mean, to see what they're gonna put out is. Gonna I mean, be... we know John. I mean, we know John from Destiny and Halo because he was around then. But then Travis has worked on Transformers, Savage Dragon, Adventures of Spawn, and Reverse the Curse. I was a big Savage Dragon fan. Uh, and FCO has credits on Batman, Spawn, Reborn, and Invincible. Like. Jeez, these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I know, man. It's it's nuts. Uh, Their letterer has worked with Marvel, Image, and Dark Horse. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a that's quite a pedigree. Also, Travis has an awesome uh, <laughs> Super Street Fighter Two Turbo Champion Edition shirt on in the, in the Kickstarter page. Oh yeah, I see that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they've got some of their original art commissions um, at the very bottom, which give you an idea of, of kind of the, the their style of, of art. I mean, you can see that from the comics that they draw anyway. But but uh, yeah, it's, it's a very cool. like it's a very Joe Mad uh, Ed McGinnis type vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I highly recommend at least swinging by and checking out the Kickstarter and just seeing what it's all about. And if it's something you'd be interested in, give them some give them some love, give them some support. So. I love I love supporting artists on Kickstarter. I do it all the time. Speaking of artists, we know one. We've had him on the show. Oh, we know a guy who drew something. Yeah, he did. He did a thing, um, and he just released it in the past couple days. So if you guys heard our um, our show with uh, Matt Oishi and Jared B, um, you know Jared. Obviously, it, he just uh, finished up a. An amazing piece, um, his Hunter. Uh, I gotta go pull it up now since I'm talking about it. Um, kind of just just sitting on a on a little cliff or somewhere. I don't know. He's sitting sitting down with a sniper, um, and it just looks amazing. I mean, gosh, it it he did he did such a great job on it. And I even told him, I said, hey man, you you stepped up your game a little bit. He goes, I had to. Uh, he joined the uh, the new, I guess, Destiny community artist Discord. Um, it's got artists and fans alike in it. Um, and there, any uh, you know, it seems like any of the of your your Destiny artists that you might know of or see on Twitter have all joined. And I'm I'm in there, um, just in awe. You know, I'm basically got my my mouth dropped open looking through all this art that these guys have have made and posted. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, 
you know, I kind of, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, if you're in amongst all these great artists, you feel like you have to step up your game a little bit and make, you know, it's like for me when I started playing PVP or whenever I started playing PVP with these, these two brothers that I know in Call of Duty who were amazing, you know, I'm like, oh man, I can't, I can't finish last on the team, you know, so I was always working harder and getting better and playing with good players definitely improves your skills a little bit because you learn a little bit and so just looking at I'm, I'm assuming that that kind of works in the art world i don't know any artists out there that want to correct me feel free but you know you see other techniques and what other people are doing and it makes you just want to get better and and try stuff a little different and but man go to our we'll we'll link it i mean we're gonna have a lot of links in this we need to keep make sure we keep track uh but uh I'm go check out track. this <laughs> go check out this guy i mean check out jared's uh jared's art and if you go back and look at some of his old stuff and the progression up until this most recent uh post of his hunter you can you can see what i'm talking about because it's just very well done uh good job jared and give him a follow on twitter if you want to see some of his other his his new work pop up and some of his his wit he's a he's a pretty funny guy we love him he did a great he did a great job on the queen's breakers bow that he's got in oh yeah yes that looks very good um can't say i agree with his choice of helmet but whatever (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh poor nighthawk i know right um, but he's got a couple little, you know, he's got this little name tag that says, hi, I'm Jared on, on the Hunter. And did you notice on his hood, the little JB logo for, yeah. for Jared B? Um, that's pretty, pretty cool. It's like I said, little, little things here and there. So, okay. Uh, what do we want to move on to? Let's get, uh, let's talk about some of this stuff. So we talked about big hitters and, and Jared and. Um, I haven't seen Wonder Woman. Who has? What do you think? Oh, it was so good. Yeah? I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> I say, I've got to say, the the fight choreography in Wonder Woman is some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, I'm a sucker for on-film representations of characters with super strength, like just hi- hitting things and the impact being so abrupt. Uh, a good example, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman, is in The Winter Soldier, Captain America The Winter Soldier, when he's, the very beginning, when he's invading the boat. Uh, and he just straight, like, boots a guy, and the guy goes flying into a railing. And it's just, it's so funny to me to see that kind of depiction of super strength but man some of the stuff that happens in wonder woman is incredible and she has moves with the shield that we have not seen in three full-on captain america movies i'm like that is some original fight choreography going on. <laughs> uh but everything about it was just really really well done uh gal gadot is she is wonder woman she's incredible in the role uh and I'm not a big Chris Pine fan, but he made he made one out of me in this. He did an amazing job. Uh, the I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because it's I mean it literally just came out like two days ago. Uh, the The last big act is uh, never mind. His name just went out of my head. Who's the the director of Batman v Superman? Zack Snyder. Uh, the the end the end. You know, maybe quarter of the film is very Zack Snyder influenced, but it doesn't it doesn't take away that much. 
Yeah, everything about it's incredible. I I could have watched it if the movie had been four hours long. I I wouldn't have even noticed it was two seemed too short. So, so uh, go see it. It's fantastic. Awesome. All right, sure. But I guess you haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. I had friends go and see it um, Saturday night, and they w- they all came back ranting and raving about how fantastic it was and how they laughed and <laughs> cried and it was amazing and oh my goodness, go watch it, please. So yeah, you go. Yeah, at, I'm gonna have just, to muster up people to go and see it with. Yeah, I just, was at a 9 a.m. 3D IMAX showing this morning, and it was packed. Wow. So uh, Hidden, who uh, is is over in the the Destiny reset? Is that reset. how you say that? It's not Hidden N. I don't know. I, I'd I just hidden. I say it that way. Hidden, hid, hidden, hidden, hidden. It's hidden. like cosmology. Yeah, cosmology. Just add more um, consonants in there, make it more fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Extra ray. ray. Um, <laughs> uh, he uh, he actually posted a little little thing on Twitter. Yeah. So he actually. He was he was involved this weekend in a, uh, I guess you'd call it a charity stream, sort of. Um, there was a guy uh, over at the the Destiny Reset podcast family. Um, he's not on the podcast. He's just what they call the Derp Fam, and they were trying to raise money to help get this guy to Guardian Con. I guess uh, he's such a, a big part of their their community that they felt like he deserved it and, and so they put together this little 24-hour stream and uh, they had a goal set of, a, of like a thousand dollars that they wanted to raise to be able to send him there and uh, stay with everybody else from the Derp fam that was going to be there and anything over that they were um, donating to Stack Up I guess is a, is a charity and they ended up raising like close to I think it was right around eighteen hundred dollars so they made a lot of money for charity, and they made money for uh, him to be able to go to Guardian Con. But Hidden was involved in a lot of that. And then I guess after the charity stream was over, he said he had a, a little post. It's like, should I stream this game, or should I do this, or should I go see Wonder Woman? And like overwhelmingly was go see Wonder Woman. <laughs> he said he went in there, and well, first he goes, well, I'm gonna go see it by myself. Will that be weird? Me going to see Wonder Woman by myself? And no. uh, he said he went, and he said there was like three other people in the in the movie theater. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what? Yeah, I was like that sounds not right, but maybe I read it wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But I've been to some movies before where there's only been like me and like one or two other people, and it's actually kind of a surreal experience in in and of itself, just because it's super quiet and you feel like you're just the only one there, and it's it's a it's a good way to seeing, enjoy a movie. I love I love seeing movies like that. I usually go on the the first showing on a Monday morning after a premiere, like a nine or a nine a.m. showing or something like that. So I could I did that with Guardians of the Galaxy two, and there's like five other people <laughs> in the theater. It was fantastic. Uh, but well, any, I was I I was in that stream off and on quite a bit, and they were giving away a lot of stuff, and I actually won something. I won um, a three set what? of yeah, I won a three set of Destiny. Um, class poster. So one poster is a hunter, one's a titan, and one's a warlock. And I went online. To, I don't know what they look like, and, and I don't know when I'll get them. But I went online to to look for those style of posters, and they only, I only found like one set, and they're pretty awesome. So I got to say, thanks to uh, Fluffy Fingers who helped organize all that, and and he, uh, yeah, I won. I won something. I never win anything. 
I was pretty happy. So there you go. Yeah. Nice. All right. What else we got going on here? Um, uh, I just want to make a mention that I because I saw Wonder Woman in 3D IMAX, I got to see the Valerian uh, <laughs> trailer that big, and it w- I cannot wait for that movie. Oh, it looks so good. <laughs> Uh, I read those. I read that graphic novel when I was a kid, and I cannot wait to see that brought to life on the big screen. We're living in like a, a weird sort of like cinema, sci-fi, cinematic sci-fi renaissance. Like if you were a fan of science fiction, it has been there is. I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a fan of movies than right now because between like the new Blade Runner that's coming out and Valerian and the superhero films we're getting, it's just been incredible to go to the movies and just watch these things brought to life. Okay, I'm about to sneeze, so I'm going to mute it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Does it count as muting if you announce it beforehand? Ooh. Yeah, that one did. It would have hurt everybody's ears. I would have gotten major. (laughs) You blew my speakers in my car. I can't hear out of my right ear. Um, But I've also got that Valerian uh, trailer running. (laughs) And just the first... 10 seconds looks awesome. Wait, are you watching it right now? Yeah. Listen to the music. Because oh, I'm pretty sure that that is like an orchestral version of Gangster's Paradise. Oh, for real? I think so. All right, well, I'll have to do that. Um, I'll look at it later. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that trailer is incredible. I can't wait to see that. Gangster's Paradise. It's funny. Uh, well, yeah, we don't uh, have to. All right. So, whatever happened to the Halo movie? Wasn't Neil Blokamp making that? What happened to it? Oh, uh, well, I mean, movie? they did. They did. Um, they had that Halo. What was that called? Um, oh, there was Forward Until Dawn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had that, which was pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed that. Uh, Mom, Wesky. but. <clears throat> and then you saw him in the game. <laughs> I was like, you. You were that actor who was in Dance Academy. (laughs) (laughs) And I also saw him on stage doing Strictly Ballroom. I did, actually. I turned Um, to the person next to me and said, that's Lasky. They were very confused. (laughs) That's absolutely Gangster's Paradise. Yeah, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. It it can't not be. I mean, and if if it's not, then they might be in trouble for copyright infringement yeah, or whatever. I'm pretty sure that's what it was when I heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's cool though. It sounds great. Uh what's all this business about uh no more patches for Destiny One? Yeah. The destiny that we're playing right now is the destiny we get until Destiny Two. So everybody everybody's now focused on D two, so there's nothing nothing else incoming. So I think I missed my window of opportunity to go to the lighthouse because it is now just Trials is where all the sweatiest of the sweaties hang out now. So, <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's plenty no of. I mean, if you got money, people will take you there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna pay somebody to go to the lighthouse. Uh, you know, as you know, as more of these things come to light, and we learn more about D2, and like, I would love to have those bits reflected in my grimoire score, but. I'm sort of okay where it is now, and knowing it's not coming forward with me, I'm not losing sleep over it. It's not a big deal to me. So, uh, it would have been cool to see it once, but I'm not 
I'm not gonna pay somebody money to go there. Give me a break. Uh, I made it once back early, early on when it first came out. And Plus, and you know, we've heard this before in the marketing things, like with the marketing of ROI, uh, Rise of Iron, we heard all kinds of crazy things that were not true. Uh, so who knows what's actually going on? But you know, they said that they're going to support Destiny One alongside Destiny Two uh, for uh, an undetermined length of time. I I highly doubt that's going to happen. If if patches are stopping now for D One, <laughs> uh, I can't see the game being supported for very long once D Two is out. Uh, and that's fine. But who knows? Like maybe you know, maybe it's a big last hurrah. They'll just open that stuff up to everybody, and you'll get a chance to fly in and just at least see it, even if there's like no loot there or anything. So that'd be cool. Unless, unless they just mean they're going to keep it all online, like they're just going to keep it on. They're not going to shut down Destiny One, shut all the servers down, whatever, while Destiny Two is yeah. going. That could be what. That's certainly- that could be how they're going to stretch that. And it's like we're not going to patch it anymore, but it's still going to work. <laughs> you can still find people. I wonder if they'll open it up as well. Like, there's right now, aren't you locked at like level 32 or light level 32 if you don't buy? Is it Taken King or is it Rise of Iron? Must be Taken King, I think. Because you can download a free version, free, quote unquote free. It doesn't cost anything to play other than the initial purchase. But if you download the demo now, I think the demo will carry you to like light level a lower light level and then you're locked out of the content until you like legitimately buy one of the expansions uh, so who knows maybe they'll open the entire game up as quote unquote free to play hopefully doesn't seem like a very Activision thing to do though no it doesn't but <laughs> but but alternatively what's the point in keeping people locked out when they want everybody to move to Destiny 2 anyway right yeah like if you get a if you get a really like a a nice you know, hefty taste of what you know. If D, if Destiny One represents fifteen percent of what Destiny Two is going to be, might as well just give everybody that appetizer course and and try and get them to move over to D Two. Right. Plus, there's no there's no last gen for D Two, so that's still a potential audience to hook to get them into D Two. Sure. Makes sense. But who knows? All we know is that there's no more no more. So any exploits you find. Uh, Now's the time to post them because they're not getting patched. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the bright side of, isn't it? It's like things won't be fixed, but hey, things won't be fixed. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to 1,500 Reddit posts of, I found a way to have infinite supers and infinite boost on your sparrow. And like, yes, you can break out of the geometry in every single level. Because even like the most egregious, I mean, they're really not pat- maybe like an emergency, but I don't, I can't really imagine like. Yeah, only like game breaking patch sort of stuff. Yeah, it'd have to be like really game breaking. Not just yeah, like I, I can I can shift through this door instead of like I can do this and it crashes the entire level. Hmm, probably should fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing. You know, or, uh, oh, go ahead. If something like something in trials popped up, was like, yeah, in in the first five seconds, here's how you get your super. It's like, uh. Maybe we should do something about that. <laughs> we'll see. Man, I'll tell you what I was going to say. Back when uh, I was playing Call of Duty a lot, um, I was playing back and forth on, on PlayStation and Xbox, and somebody asked me to come back and play on, oh gosh, it was like one of the one of the older ones, 
um, back on on PlayStation. Oh my gosh, talk about a hacker free for all. It was like <laughs> you jump into a game and there were people, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I mean, it was the point system was like hacked, so like one kill was like millions of points and <laughs> there were people that would like, I mean, it was like gravity was like turned off so you'd jump and you'd jump like a mile high and there were people sniping from like two miles in the in the air it was it was just crazy all the stuff that was going on and uh yeah it, it's like it was like that for until i said wow this is super annoying i'm out of here and i don't know if they ever went back and did it i doubt they did anything it was like just modern warfare like the first one or whatever but uh but it was nuts just crazy um what else is not in destiny anymore no more patches mm. No more grimoire, right? <laughs> Whatever yeah, that well, means. What I, That's a what thing. What is a big kerfluff about the grimoire not being in Destiny 2? Or at least not being an external thing in right, Destiny right. 2. Right. Like, it's didn't, not. Didn't they specifically say, though, no more grimoire cards? Like, they specified the cards, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that grimoire as lore isn't in the game, I was looking at other games I was playing where you can go like go into your menu and click a, a section of your menu where it's just all there and that's kind of how I imagine like, it's still grimoire in the game it's not grimoire cards, you know yeah, like, well here's they didn't say uh, written law would be removed, they just said grimoire cards yeah, and I don't and I gotta, I gotta be honest. I don't understand why people are so up in arms about this. You know, for the first two years of Destiny, everybody's complaining. Oh, the grimoire should have been in the game. It's not even in the game. We have to go to a separate website. That stupid blah. And they're like, No, we're just gonna put it all in the game. And people are like, I can't believe it's not gonna be in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah like, like, come all on. I remember was people complaining about the grimoire being how yeah. it is, like about it being external and being on these cards and having to go and read it and. I can understand, like, it sounds like, oh, you know, poor thing, too much effort, but I can totally understand not wanting to do that. Like, if you're not really into the law and you don't have a lot of time, you don't want to go to an external website and read stuff. I don't get, it's, everyone was complaining about that, and I don't get why now everyone's complaining the opposite way. It just seems like hackles are raised and defense is taken for anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you... Go ahead. I was going to say, it, it's... I'm kind of I'm not I'm not torn. I mean, I I'm not worried about it either way. I mean, I can understand why some people I think were not happy with the the original kind of statement, but we don't have the game yet. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where it's going to be or how it's going to be accessible. We just know that it's not going to be accessible through something Bungie provides outside of the game. Like you can get to the Grimoire now without any with you know just using straight bungee tools does anyone do that not really not many people go to bungee.net to look up grimoire cards because it's a pain in the butt it, you know yeah everybody goes to ishtar right they go to ishtar <laughs> and there's some other places out there that have it um and and i think that's that was part of the thing was uh you know people immediately assume that oh if it's not if bungee's not putting out out there having it outside of the game you know 
that means we're never going to be able to, to pull it out of the game unless we translate it. And we don't know what the API is going to let us do or what information is going to come out of it. You know, if it is presented the way Sherb kind of talked about as a section in, you know, the, the menu. I mean, a lot of the stuff in the menu now is available outside of the game. Um, well, that's the thing, right? Like, so, and I, I mean, I said this sort of on Twitter. It's like the Grimoire is a great jumping off point, but for... So let's break. Let's let's split up into there's there's the game side of it, and then there's the thing that we do side of it. So on the game side of it, if you think of some of the games that we just talked about, like we talked about Diablo, which is packed to the gills with quote unquote lore and story, but it all plays out in real time. Like you you stand around and characters talk to each other, bits of the story come become uncovered, and it's just like all this crazy stuff. Like I love the way some of that stuff is presented in Diablo very audio heavy sure but then there's things like and we know that the the folks over at Bungie are huge fans of the Dark Souls series and the Bloodborne series and their lore is handled completely differently like it is buried in the game you've got to go digging it out you've got to put the pieces together you've got to study a bunch of the stuff it hasn't stopped that from being recognized as an incredibly amazing like story and narrative with all these diverging branches like it's all these things are happening in the game. You know, the system, like in Mass Effect, where you're categorizing planets and species and race, that all happens in the game. There's no grimoire for the original Mass Effect series, but there's tons of information that's available that you can read about and all this stuff. So not not creating this external thing, moving that all that into the game, doing it through storytelling is is a good thing. It is the the best decision that Destiny could be making. I mean, I have my doubts that the story team is going to pull it off as elegantly, maybe as some of these other writing teams have. I mean, because the writers for like Dragon Age uh, and Mass Effect and some of these things are incredible, and what they present is on a, a different caliber than Destiny, but it's also a different type uh, style of game, so that's fine. So as it return, as it relates to game design. No, get get all of that in the game. Jeez, if you're trying to tell a story in a game, make sure the story is in the game. <laughs> uh, and then on the side of the stuff that we do, I've said this before, the grimoire is a jumping off point. But as it pertains to our show, what we do is so far beyond the grimoire and where we go for our information, where we get that initial kick of inspiration. And a lot of times for our research, it's X happened in the game. Let's go find something that corroborates it maybe in the grimoire and then go find all the rest of it. It's, it's only a small part. And yeah, not being able to pull an actual grimoire card down via API may require a little bit more work now, but they did confirm that stuff like gear, weapons, uh, all these things are still in the API. So the armory that's on Bungie.net, as far as we know, isn't going anywhere. And there's tons and tons and tons and tons of lore-related flavor text on all those weapons and gear. We can still get all that via the API, so that's not that big of a deal. Uh, we've got people now, myself included, who just stand around NPCs to listen to what they're saying. So we can write it down. So that's not like you can't pull character dialogue via the API now. So you're not gonna be able to do it in D2. So that's not that big of a deal. We'll do that stuff anyway. Uh, and then just paying attention to the game. 
like being able to to write i'm i'm so looking forward to entering a new zone and maybe getting some like idle conversation from ghosts talking about where we're going and what we're doing like even when i'm out in patrol or finding a lost sector like the Playing the game and, and and taking all that in and, and noticing things and looking for details and things like that, that is that's that's way more exciting than <laughs> reading the reading the grimoire on bungie.net, which I don't think anybody does anyway. Uh, and I'm sure they have numbers. Like I'm sure they're they they open up their their dev tools, you know, and they say like two percent of guardians clicked on the cabal yeah. card <laughs> yeah have gone to bungie.net whatever it is slash grimoire and spent more than two seconds there not just clicking to mark them all as red it's like <laughs> like the the reading of the grimoire is so niche among players anyway uh so i'm sure the the, the numbers support these things i i and imagine, like, imagine something, and uh, people always bring up the Books of Sorrow, right? So the Books of Sorrow weren't part of the original Grimoire. They were added on as an additional thing uh, through the the calcified fragments, and it lay out this amazing narrative. Even then, I'm pretty sure that 98% of players who grabbed all those calcified fragments were doing it for the quest so they could get, <laughs> you know... Uh, touch of malice not because they were dying to go to bungie.net to read those things uh, and if that's all presented in the game i will take it like i will i want to i will invite oryx aboard my jump ship uh, <laughs> i will make us i will make us some coffee and we can sit down in my jump ship's living room and he can tell me his story in person <laughs> uh, i mean let me let me have it let me let let the characters do it if we're going to get Imagine if every grimoire card that we see as text now becomes some kind of like audio or audio visual experience in Destiny 2. Uh, you know, instead of reading about a character who went and did something, what if we meet that character and they tell us their story? Or we go on like a co op mission with them and while we're on that mission, they tell us their story. Is that not how do you. How is that not better? That's what everyone <laughs> wants. That's what everyone adds. That's what I wanted. You know, that's what I always thought should be there. And, you know, I look at this as, you know, it's it's a new game. The new game is going to present new challenges. So is this new lore. However they handle it, it's going to be something new. It's, you know, I would be actually, I think I'd be a little upset if it was presented to us in the exact same way that it was. Um, just because... It wouldn't feel like something fresh. It wouldn't feel like something new. It wouldn't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'd be motivated to go out and read everything and see everything just because it's new. But if I have to go out and experience it and do all this stuff because it's new and I'm doing it in new ways and in different ways, gosh, that's that's exactly what what it should be. You know, it, it shouldn't be the same old boring game challenge, you know, and, and hopefully they've made similar changes to everything about the game. You know, I want it to feel fresh. I want the game, you know, I don't want to go through the story missions and after we're done with, with the entire story, we're running strikes and we're doing this and it's just the same. You know, I mean, it's I know it's going to be some of that, but to have additional things on top of it or different ways to access or more just variety, 
is what they're doing with the grimoire is is and with the lore and the story they're gonna present it in different ways hopefully and and show us what what's going on and we don't even know if that's true we don't know if they're gonna do it that way um right you know it's it's, (laughs) everyone's getting their their you know putting their guard up based off of a no it's not gonna be accessible outside the game that's it well also i mean think about what they said in that stage presentation they said there's the most cinematic. They they just they done a ton, a ton, a ton of cinematics, right? And what was one of the most impactful things that we've seen so far in Destiny Two, which is the story, that brief story of Zavala, yeah, absolutely, which was presented through this these amazing sort of like quasi montage of scenes that were all cinematics. That that is, and I'm getting sick of the the word lore. By the way, I feel like it has become like this word that is just thrown around everywhere, right? But that is that is a piece of the game's lore. That is a piece of the storytelling. That's a piece of the narrative that we're intimately familiar with because we spent the past three and a half years talking with Zavala. Now we know his story. That story will never appear in the grimoire. You'll never be able to read a card about that. But we know about it. It was presented to us and it got us excited. Suddenly everybody's like, this is the most amazing thing. Like, we... like. The, the way it was presented, uh, you know, having Zavala sort of like internal monologue narrate the whole thing like it was that is like a storytelling experience. And if that is what we're looking forward to with Destiny 2, like, can you imagine one of those for Cade <laughs> uh, or one of those for Ikora or any of the characters that we come across telling us their story? Right. The process of anyone, especially Cade, becoming an XO and, you know. I mean, that's going to be equally horrific and amazing at the same time, you know. And if if people are, to me, like that whole process should like sicken to the point of, oh my gosh, you can't believe they did that to people to make them into an XO or or whatever. And then you just all of a sudden are just, wow, this is what he went through. And now we know, you know, why... You know, we know the sacrifice that they made to become that, or whatever, however the you know whatever reason you know they they become an XO. It's just, was it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, I guess it's going to be variable based on who they are. You know, like it just all that stuff just really intrigues me, and I want to know how so much of the our characters that we know, you know, how they how they got to where they are. You know, gosh, I mean, look at look at you know. Uh, Oh my God, Banshee! We know that he was involved in some heavy stuff throughout his years. But we don't know anything about it, and yeah. to find out more about the things he experienced to me is probably that's probably one of the characters I'm most intrigued by because of all of the comments that he makes throughout every you know every mission or every every quest that we have to go and talk to him. There's always something he says that it's like, man, what? in the world was this thing doing before it was standing here in the tower <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah it, it's but yeah to get to have similar things that we saw with zavala and that's that's what's going to happen is people are going to realize okay we get these but to really pull the story out we're going to be examining those little cinematics frame by frame looking for any other little clue as to where they are what's around what was there during that time what's not there now you know is there a building there that we experience now is 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 crumbled but here's one little marking on it that we can say oh this is the same building and that's going to be you know our like i said our exploration channel and team that that kind of goes out there and does that kind of stuff 
is going to be yeah. going crazy. It's going to be ridiculous. If you want to get out there and help explore the world, you better get in our Discord and join the exploration channel and be ready for some crazy stuff to happen because it's it's <laughs> going to go down, I guarantee. But yeah, and th- so that's the exciting thing for me. That is the the ability to learn about the game by playing the game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rather than playing the game and then going somewhere else and reading about it. Like so the the TLDR here is that it's not going to affect our show all that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're still going to be diving super deep and doing all the stuff that we do. Uh we're just going to be playing a lot more to get to that and I I want to play the game. <laughs> That's why it's a game. <laughs> right. And and I'm sure, you know, you you know, if if you had the choice between spending your you know, 20 hours in a week to research for the show versus playing the game for 20 hours. I think you're going to play the game to research. You know, if you could play the game to research the show, geez, that's in and of itself a good thing. Now, I don't want to I don't want to sound like we're unsympathetic towards the people that are that could be very much affected by, you know, like we said, Ishtar Collective somewhere we go to find that information now, you know. We don't know what their future is going to look like if they can't access that through the API. You know, we, yeah. we have no idea how that's going to change their world. You know, we've got Captain Kex, who I've talked to a little bit about in our in Discord. And, you know, his his uh, Lord chart is the same thing. It's all the API pulled in that he organizes in this, this you know, I forget how it's called. It's, it's basically kind of like a, a an organizational chart based on how things are, are linked and, and what makes them, um, what, what, oh. Yeah, yeah. and how they relate to other yeah, things. Yeah, how, how everything's related, what, there you go. What the referen- where the references come from and things like that. Right. And Yeah, no, I mean, I totally get it. Yeah, but. and so so I get it. I mean, I understand that it's going to affect some people that that do stuff differently than we do, that need that API information to, to make their world run. And, you know, there's other other uh lore how would i put this there's there's other people content creators those are the content creators who use the lore as their their main focus and they do sometimes and only use the the grimoire cards you know that's their that's their main source of information which like i said is then drop said is different than what we do but you know if that goes away they're gonna have to to really i mean we're gonna have to change how we do things too but they may have to change how they do things even more so because they're not used to doing to 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 using as much stuff that's available outside yeah. of the grimoire. So I get it. I understand people are freaked out and and wondering what their future is going to look like as a content creator or a website designer or uh, you know a, a hobbyist who organizes the lore. Um, and we'll see. And and like I've said, you know, I t- told Captain Kex this. I said, hey man, you know. We're gonna be around. We're gonna be, you know, we helped get the Lorg chart kind of, kind of going, and and tried to help people see what it was, and we'll be around to help you get more information in there, and and you know we're we're gonna, yeah, absolutely. So like, and it's the same with we're Ishtar. Not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere, and we're gonna we're gonna want that information out there so that we can reference it too. So if it means, you know, us finding it and helping to share and stuff like that, hey, we're all, I think we're all for it, and and. You know, help the help the lore community to grow as we have for the past year and a half. So, and we have an amazing our our community, the Slack crew. 
the old Slack crew and the new Discord crew are it's an amazing group of people and we're all going to be playing and we're all going to be talking to each other. We're all going to be having conversations about this. You know, it's the things and this is why I love that exploration channel and I think Flat and Flatnick and some of the, the people who are in that channel are just awesome at what they do is that we're going to the second Destiny 2 lands, we're going to be all over the place. We're all going to be riding around the world and exploring and noticing things and bringing all the information back and discussing it and seeing how it links up and, and how as that's going to be so exciting. <laughs> it's going right. to be that's how I like to play Destiny anyway. <laughs> uh, so to have that be able to further sort of what we do with our show and our community is is I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's me with any game. I'm a I'm a you know, a social butterfly by design. And I, I was in a conversation somewhere. Um, I think it might've been that artist discord. People were talking about their favorite memories, I think from like Halo. And everyone was talking about different, you know, running the campaign and using this and doing that. And I'm like, man, I think my best memories were big team battles where all eight of us were friends at played together a lot. And we just went out and had a ridiculously fun time just chit-chatting and having a good time. And that's what these exploration things are because we all share a common, you know, we all share a common interest and everybody's, you know, there's going to be, you know, six fire teams full of people exploring the same exact area, talking about it through Discord while they're doing it. I can already see it. It's going to be, okay, where are you at? I'm here. Okay, well, we're here too. And and we're looking around. You see that? Yeah. It's just going to be so much back and forth. I imagine, I'm already picturing the, you know, we haven't used it much, but the, the voice channels in Discord are probably going to be full of, you know, all these different people talking at the same time to each other about what's going on. And it's going to make it that much more fun to have this. And, and that's what's going to be cool, too, using Discord is if we've got people on the Xbox side and the PlayStation side doing the same thing and exploring at the same time, we can finally communicate with each other across platforms. Um, and, and I think that'll be amazing. I'll, I mean, all in all, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. Not. I'm not worried. Our show is still going to be great, and it's going to be fun to. Hey, the, the game, the game's evolving, and you got to evolve with it. Yeah, I don't know a lot I of people. Of them, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I've been talking. I was, was going to say. I think one of the most like exciting things coming up with this, like you were saying, with sharing Discord and the Lord, like we have this community and the podcast and everything. It's all set up. It's all built up, and we're going to go in the very beginning together, and it's yeah. not like the. Destiny 1, where it's like the podcast didn't start at the same time as the game did, and it gradually built up to the end, and there was lots of stuff previously to look at and look back on. This is like, we're starting at the very beginning as a huge group and as a community, and that's going to be amazing to sort of, not just the podcast community, but the Destiny community as a whole is pretty, like, like they know each other, it's a big community, it's tight-knit. And we're going to have everyone starting this game together and looking at all this together. And it's going to be just amazing grabbing everything and looking at everything as it comes to us rather than looking back on stuff. And I'm really looking forward yes. to that. Yeah, the, I mean, D1 was we, we built a lot of great tools uh, to explore Destiny with. And yeah, exactly like you just said, we're all we've got them to go in to, with. Yeah, we <laughs> right. get to go. Yeah, we get to go in with them this time instead of building them up you know, after the fact. Yeah. Thinking, thinking the, you know, I, I think back and to think that we didn't start this podcast or this endeavor until well over a year into destiny was 
it was kind of good and bad in the same breath because I know, you know, there were other lore content creators out there from day one. You know, I mean, I know you were focused on the lore probably from day one and in Reddit and you and Scooby's timeline, you know, was was much earlier than than the podcast. And it's if we would have started this right away when Destiny came out, I don't think we would have, have learned as much as we have as a as a as a team. Um, just because you know we we were going back and using this established lore um, or a lot of this established information to kind of work from, um, but going forward it's going to be a, like I said a new experience, and I just I mean I'm still it it gives me chills thinking about how much information we're going to absorb and process and and thinking about how to you know i'm already thinking how are we going to organize all this stuff i mean i'm not going to be the one to decide but i'm thinking (laughs) how is it going to be organized and accessible and clean enough that it's not going to be just this huge you know mess of of information we're going to have tons of of google docs and and uh, it's It's going to be a mess it's going to be a mess at the start but we'll figure it out oh yeah yeah i know we will it's going to be going to be fun all right enough enough grimoire talk um (laughs) Yeah. What's next on the old yeah, yeah. agenda? Everybody, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, and, and you know, we, we <laughs> talked about these other content creators, and you know, I mean, you know who we're talking about. I mean, go out there. There's a lot of videos out there you can go check out on YouTube, and, and other podcasts are talking about it. But, you know, by Milan Games, uh, Captain Kex did a little little uh, YouTube video about it. And, uh, I mean, go if you're, you, you know, you may not believe what we're saying, or you might not. You know, you might not understand exactly what we're talking about, but go out and look for some other sources. Do your research and find out, um, make your own opinion, and find out what you think about the future of the Grimoire. I heard, I heard Bife mentioned us recently. Oh yeah, he did. You know, we uh, that you when you were talking on the your Destiny Two reveal stream podcast or our reveal stream podcast. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> I say your. I mean, it was your and mostly your information, but. Um, you talked about that thing on that uh, like holographic map aboard the Cabal yep. ship, and you said it looked like um, like a like the dark like the the black heart, I guess of the garden. Yeah, yeah, and touch of malice. Yep. And uh, so, you know, I got out and started. I, I started watching the reveal video. I'm like, man, I want to know what you're talking about. And sure enough, there's one spot where like for about three frames, uh, the guardian kind of pans across the the from the first person perspective. And you can see exactly what you were talking about. So I pulled that image and pulled the other ones. I said, hey, Drop, is this what you were talking about? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly it. And so um, before I knew it, you had thrown it out on Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I had mes- messaged Bife about it and said, hey, you know, here's something we found uh, or that Drop found. And we put together and, and just wanted to, you know, see kind of the, the you know, what you thought and, and uh he did his um, oh, what's that series called with him and uh, Leah? Uh, the oh, I can't think of what it's called right now. I'm you're, drawing a blank. You're you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, no, I know, I know. You don't watch things. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he used that image in the video and mentioned it, um, and said, you know, obviously gave gave us gave you credit for for finding that, and so it was it was kind of cool. Nice. Um, you know, we're, we're still waiting for him to come back on the show to wrap up uh, King's Fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We need we need to we need to do that. Too. I think about that every week. You know, Bife, if you're listening, which you're probably not. Uh, 
every week when I'm writing this show, I think, man, we still need to finish King's Fall. What is Bife doing? Uh, we need him to come back. <laughs> he's doing a lot, apparently. He's got a ton of he's too, projects. He's, he's too big on. for us. Yeah. He's too big for this show. It's all right. I was gonna give him I was gonna give him flack about it at the, the D two reveal, but he wasn't there. Oh he wasn't? I thought he was. Yeah, he was there. Was he? Yeah. I thought he didn't make it. No, he was there. He was there because I saw a picture of him with uh, a couple other people over there, so Oh. Yeah, he's going to well, be – I'll give him – I'll, I'll my, see him in – My fault for not finding him. I'll see him down at Guardian Con so I can go up and give him some trouble. There you go. I'll call you <laughs> up on the phone. Dude. I'll be like, hey, Drop, I got somebody you need to talk to. Pass him the phone. Do it. <laughs> I'll we'll put do, you on we'll speakerphone during the right the lore – during the lore uh, – <laughs> what is that called? The the uh, panel – the lore panel that's going on with uh, him and Mylan and, and uh, uh, oh Blue Crew from Focus Fire Chat. Well, I'm not. I'm not unconvinced that I will not be there, and I'll be sitting in the front row of that panel with a list of questions. Yeah, yeah. When they ask any any questions, you say, "Yeah, why haven't you come back on our show?" You might. You might not. (laughs) I might have to sit. I'm gonna have to sit right behind you and like put a gag in your mouth. No, you can't talk. Don't do it. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna well actually that entire panel another. Oh no, that you'll get escorted out. I'm pretty sure. No, it'll it'll be good, man. I if you, oh well, if you're gonna be gonna the, have a, that would be awesome. I'm gonna have a shirt that says "Citation Needed" on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the sign that says "Wrong" to hold up. Yes. Oh, these guys are killing me. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Uh, if you're gosh, if you were there, that would be pretty awesome. We would just need to figure out how to smuggle Sherbin to the country. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably too that'd late be, for that. That'd be great, but yeah. Yeah, Money. so well, since we're on the topic, Guardian yeah. Con coming up, um, and Gabble and I will be there, and uh, we've got a a uh, half a dozen people from our Discord that are gonna be there as well. We uh, so we'll we'll gonna have a good time. I hope. I mean, it should be fun. Um, I've already got uh, got a got a couple people who said they want to buy us a beer and there's some people i told i'd buy them a beer and so it's gonna be drinks flying and and good times had and so if uh if you are gonna be there um come find us i think gavel was organizing some little meetup thing i don't know i'm just i'm pretty sure that i'm gonna show up and then gavel's just gonna have to drag me wherever i'm supposed to be because i don't really pay attention much (laughs) i already warned him i said yeah if i kind of want i'm kind of like a little kid if i just wander off and get lost don't worry i'll eventually show back up so it's it's okay, um, <laughs> but it uh, it's gonna be a good time. I'm 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 super excited about it. I'm I'm mostly excited to meet Gabble just because talking to someone once a week or more um, in person, well, not in person, but but actually voice talking and chatting um, through you know apps and never having met them is starting to bother me a little bit so I'm I'm excited to to meet everybody and and hope it's going to be a a good time and I'm super jealous because I think I might have mentioned this uh Cyborg Sasquatch and Arrow Knight from Destiny Reset podcast same deal they had never met until the Destiny 2 reveal that they were both at and to see pictures of them together finally was just like I'm like oh man that's so great and I'm super jealous and can't wait for it to happen so Nice. Yeah, exciting, exciting times, exciting times. Okay, um, Destiny Two is going to be delayed on PC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'll pro- I'll prob- I'm, I've got a PC that'll probably 
they can probably run it. So I might pick it up on PC. Who knows? But I, I am crap with a with a mouse and keyboard for first-person shooters. Um, I'll be the guy that gets the little adapter so that my Xbox controllers work, and then people will be like, oh, you're playing it wrong. And I'll be like, oh, screw you. Well, don't don't Xbox controllers work natively on Windows? Um, yeah, they do, but you have to have... Well, I guess I guess Xbox One controllers, I, can, I think you can hook them up via USB. I don't remember. I knew that Xbox 360 cr- controllers did not. They You couldn't just use the USB cord. They were strictly... F- Oh, yeah, the Xbox One you can because I was playing Knights of the Old Republic on Steam and I was using my Xbox oh, One. Oh, well, there controller. you go. Oh, well, I guess I could always use my PlayStation controller too, but nah, who wants to use that? Thing? Or you or you, you could get a PlayStation controller shaped like an Xbox. Well, controller. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, enough PC talk. Um, yeah. We'll skip that, that one. For, I think that does it for this general list here. Yeah, we'll definitely skip uh, that guy. I want to issue a correction for the beginning of this episode. Oh, yeah. Since Screw since you. we said user questions Man. and not listener, listener questions. questions. <laughs> Thanks. I'm already screwing stuff up. Um, but, yeah, let's do. Let's jump into that. Let's jump into some listener questions. Some, yeah, well, yeah. Let's, yeah, I just grabbed some that were out of a listener doc. These would be pretty quick. Uh and these are pretty old, too, but like we said, we need to do some house cleaning. We'll get them answered and out of the way. Uh, so let's just do this real quick. Uh, the first one is from the Irish Car Bomb, who I don't see anymore on Twitter. I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> um, maybe they banned him for that name. Mm. <clears throat> Question. Uh, there's one thing with all my readings I've never been able to put together. I believe there are hints possibly to it when the lore talks about this deep respect previous guardians have for one another, but they never really say it outright. My wonder is, is if guardians ever love? They ever fall in love with another guardian? Is the bond that guardian, a guardian has with another ever more than just a deep mutual respect? If so, is that something you think we'll ever see as a game mechanic or a story arc? These are the things that keep me up at night. P.S. Thorn Last Word Stories, by far my favorite bit of lore. Uh, yes, love can bloom on the battlefield. <laughs> Now I have uh, love as a battlefield in my head. Thank you very much. Oh, there you go. Oh, great. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, we know that Ariana 3 had a deep love for Wei Ning. Uh, it's very heavily implied that they were together. Uh, and her grief over the loss of Wei Ning drove her to form the first Code of Fire team that led that disastrous mission on the moon. Uh, we know that love played a big part of Cade Six's backstory, uh, especially in Cade's stash, uh, when he reveals that the suit of hearts in his sorting system was for quote, uh, "were for this girl I knew." Uh, Fenchurch Everest arguably loves Tess, but in a more familial sense. Uh, and there's also the entire Crimson Days story uh, from the Grimoire. I'm not going to read this entire thing. If you want it, you can go read the Crimson Days card, but it very much talks about. Uh, two guardians who sort of fell in love with each other and then died and revived and died again, uh, which I believe is a warlock and a hunter in that story, yeah. which is hilarious to me. Yeah, there were so many people but, that were like, oh my gosh, is that uh, Yor and, and Ward? I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, no, God. I don't think so. Come on. <laughs> that was huge. Yeah. I mean, no, that, because when that came out, that was Yor's huge. They were like, oh my gosh, it has to be them. No, it's not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I think just... As an aside, like, he said it was never explicitly mentioned, and I guess that's true, but it's very, very heavily implied. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't say, these guardians loved each other, but it was just like, they fought together, they shared 
things together, you know. Yes. So oh, I love this I mean, you don't you have. You don't do what Ariana 3 did uh, for her love of waning if you do not actually love that person. Yeah, and I liked the point yeah. of uh, Fenchurch and Tess as well. Yes. Which is like, it's not a romantic love, which you kind of initially think of when you say love, but it's de- they're definitely close uh, and they love each other this family way. Yes. So, uh, oh, this thing about the in-game mechanic. Yeah, yeah so... As for in-game mechanics, uh, there's nothing we have access to in the game, but there was a custom set of items and actions added to two specific user accounts to help facilitate a marriage proposal uh, between Miss Minotaur and the Raimi. Uh, uh, that's Raimi Ismail. He's one half of the indie studio Flambeer. Uh, they made games like Nuclear Throne, Ridiculous Fishing, Super Crate Box, Serious Sam, The Random Encounters, and Luftrossers. Uh, but he's a big Destiny fan, so he asked the crew over at Destiny to help him propose to Miss Minotaur in the game. So they did. Wasn't Miss Minotaur the one who proposed? Yes. Right. Wasn't sure who asked. Uh, I thought it was she who asked. Yes. Or... It was she who asked. Yeah, yeah. So they made an uh, in-game item called the Ring of Eternity. Uh and the flavor text there is for guardians who have found their perfect match. Uh, and there was an in-game item called uh, from a-, a letter from Adriel, uh, which is a really sweet letter that was delivered uh, via the postmaster in-game. Uh, the Ring of Eternity uh, is actually an artifact. Uh, and then she- they added a kneeling animation, like a, a proposed animation that Miss Minotaur was able to use. So it's kind of awesome. They've actually, I think that that kneeling, um, uh, whatever it's called, is uh, is available now. I think I've got it. I think it's called the proposal. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I think I got it from one of the boxes recently. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I can propose yeah. to all the bosses in the raid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fairly certain. I was actually going going in game to look at look and see if I had it now though. So <laughs> war priest. Ever since I saw your cape. <laughs> I love your Dead. Just cloak. <laughs> Let me see if I got this. Okay, I got it up right now. Um, I'm. There's people already going. There, it's there, it's there. Um, yeah, it's called proposal. Will you take me for better or worse in the tower or on patrol for as long as we both have light? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, that means in D two for getting our light taken away. Then yeah, <laughs> so Destiny two. No oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll, I'll read awesome. this next one real quick. Go. It's from Philip. Okay. Um, it says, "Hey guys, love the podcast. Wait, love the podcast. Binge listened to it the past few weeks. Now all caught up. But I was playing some strikes and went to Master Raul, the greatest troll in Destiny, and decided and decoded some items. And I got this artifact called Intact Warmind Core. The flavor text." Is codename Martel, parent, redacted, status, Iliador complete. So I can't remember you guys, if you guys ever went over this artifact. So what does Iliador mean? Thought it would be interesting if you guys talked about it, and I would like to join your Slack, even though I don't have an account yet. You guys are amazing. Keep up the good work. Um, we did. We talked about it a lot back in the Warmind episode, yes. and I think it was uh, was Beta Chieftain at the time. Oh, I said yep. I said the name. 
Oh well, we're past that. You're fine. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was the big he was the big Warmind fanatic, and yeah, and he was. So he did a lot of the research for that. But uh, what do we know about uh, Elidor? Uh, well, let's talk about Martell first. So Charles Martell, Frankish ruler and military leader, who, as the Duke and Prince of the Franks and the Mayor of the Palace, was the de facto ruler of Francia from 718 until his death. He conquered all of Gaul and ensured the Franks were the, quote, undisputed masters of all Gaul. That is Gaul, G-A-U-L, not Gaul, the captain of the Red Legion, who we just discovered. So... Although, yeah, whether Gary's name is a reference back to this whole shenanigans, who knows. Uh, Martel was also the grandfather of Charlemagne, who we know is the war mind of Mars. Uh, Monk Iliador, uh, a.k.a. Sergei Trufanov, uh, was primarily known for his book, semi-autobiographical and biographical about Rasputin. Uh, in this work, he was supported by Maxim Gorky, who hoped that Tufanov's story on Rasputin would discredit the Tsar's family and eventually contribute to the revolutionary propaganda. Uh, he was called to the Peterhof Palace, but scandalized an audience. Blah blah. blah. Uh, we we went over all this, and again, if you go uh, read about all of Iliador, if you want, uh, here's where things get super interesting. Though, uh, if we skip ahead a few years, uh, this famous story of Rasputin, who has miraculously healed uh, Sarah. Serzevich Alexei, uh, heir to the Russian throne. He now has almost free access to the Russian imperial family. Iliador started spreading rumors that Rasputin was having an affair with the Tsar's wife, which were apparently true. He started a blackmail campaign against Rasputin, and a few years later organized an unsuccessful assassination attempt on Rasputin. Then straight away went into hiding, uh, and the person uh, who was caught denied his involvement, although Iliador eventually uh, was found out. Finally, in 1916, he once more plotted to kill Rasputin with the help of Alexei Kovostov uh, and succeeded in quotes. Rasputin did die around the same time Iliador had plotted to kill him, but there's never been confirmation of Iliador's involvement in the attempt. Uh, so it seems that the war mind is reporting its attempt uh, to take out Rasputin. We're unsure sort of at the moment how Kovostov ties into this, but that name definitely comes up. So the, the long story short here really is a war mind, possibly known as Martel, uh, after Charles Martel, who is the grandfather of Charlemagne, is reported to an unknown entity about an attempt to take out Rasputin, uh, and that is complete. And Kavostov could somehow be involved. So there's that whole thing. Uh, in the Bungie episode, we talked about this as well. Uh, in Marathon had an AI named Durandal. Durandal was also the name of Roland's sword. Roland was a paladin of Charlemagne. Uh, when Bungie released Halo, we had an AI named Cortana. Cortana is the name of Ogier the Dane's sword. He was also a paladin of Charlemagne. Uh, so this whole Charlemagne, Martel, Rasputin, there's a lot of history here, both in Bungie uh, and in real life. So, but yeah, definitely go find the Warmind episodes and go find the Bungie lore episodes that we did, and we go into great detail about, especially about a lot of the different uh, codes that we get in a lot of the Rasputin and Warmind artifacts. Obviously, someone at Bungie is a big fan of this real life history. <laughs> yes, so they're just like yes, all these names and connections. To <laughs> you're a sword. You're a sword. You're a gun. 
what I'm going to name this episode. <laughs> you're a gun. <laughs> you're a sword. You're a sword. You're a gun. Uh, <clears throat> next question here is about the fallen. This is actually a pretty a good question. Like it's funny. Like this question stands up really well to right now because we have learned a little bit more about this. Uh, Last we saw the House of Kings, only two barons and some soldiers had been killed. Then the Echo of Oryx completely takes over their base in the Cosmodrome. What happened to them? Question mark. Uh, this is a great question because it will take us right up to the start of Destiny 2. Uh, the House of Kings is definitely still at large, despite getting evicted from the King's Watch uh, in the Rocket Yard by Oryx. Uh, since Rise of Iron, we've heard a bit about the Kings, uh, and in the Rise of Iron missions, we come across uh, House of Kings Shanks helping the Devil Splicers. Uh, we'll save this for a bigger deep dive when we, when we talk about the Fallen, uh, but we have a long-standing theory here that the discovery of Siva was actually by House Kings, either directly or through control of the House of Devils. They used what was left of house devils as guinea pigs as they were not willing to potentially destroy their own house with unproven human technology, uh, that being SIVA. So we'll talk about a lot of the connections there that we have uh, with the Fallen when we do a Fallen episode. Uh, but we do know that Prince Aldrin has secret plans to assume direct control uh, of house kings dis uh, despite their remaining power structure. So this is from Ghost Fragment Fallen 4. Uh, this is just an excerpt, not the entire thing. Now is the time to stop, stop searching and start building. He would need soldiers who answered to him and no one else, bodies to shape with will and magic and tech to his needs. These would serve. He thought they would take him to a catch, but they were deep underground, not near the Cosmodrome, but it didn't matter. He'd never been particularly concerned with the geography of this blasted world. It was not his home. So he bent his head low and listened to the guttural string of hisses and clicks issuing from the maw of the would-be king in yellow, a broken ruler of a broken house, and the last of his kind. They were more alike than he cared to admit. Uh, this sets up a huge storyline for Destiny 2 that I'm really hoping they're going to capitalize on. Uh, and that is that... Mara, through Aldrin, is looking to completely take control of the Fallen <laughs> uh, for a purpose we do not yet know. Uh, the most dangerous line in this entire card is one I just read. Bodies to shape with will and magic and tech to his needs. Uh, we know right now that the Awoken are experimenting on the Taken. Uh, we also know that we currently have a shard of Willbreaker in our sword, <laughs> Uh, and it was uh, Eris Morn who collected that shard for us, and we know that she was working with Marasov directly. Uh, so to shape with will, I mean, that is Oryx. Like, no, there's no mincing that. That is exactly what he... Oryx is the geometer of shapes, and he is the breaker of wills. That is how he takes. Uh, and then we have magic, very much Mara and the Techiuns use their brand of space magic. Uh, and Tech, we have the Splicers, we have Siva, we have the Fallen Tech. Like this, this sentence sets up a huge storyline for Destiny 2. Uh, 
Then we had this confirmation here. It seems like a confirmation. It may not be. Uh, you know, it says not near the Cosmodrome, but it didn't matter. So the implication there is that they are on Earth. After the events of Taking King, uh, we know that Aldrin was stranded on Mars, but he has somehow found his way back to Earth. Uh, it's interesting to note that in the original scrapped version of the Destiny story, this is where the Guardian first met Aldrin uh, on Earth. So we may see pieces of that story come forward here. Uh, and then we have this very, very obvious reference to the King in Yellow. Uh, the King in Yellow is the the Kell of Kings. Kings, the House Kings. Their color is yellow. Uh, but the reference to the story, the King in Yellow, is undeniable here. So let's chit chat about that a bit. Uh, the King in Yellow is a book of short stories written by American writer Robert Chambers. Uh, it was published by uh, F. Tennyson Neely in 1895. If you have watched the first season of True Detective, then you probably know about The King in Yellow. It played a, a big part in that how that story unfolded. Uh, it's actually 10 stories in a single collected works. Uh, the first four are called The Repairer of Reputations, The Mask in the Court of the Dragon, and The Yellow Sign. Uh, all those mention the king in yellow, which in these stories, the king in yellow is a forbidden play that causes insanity in those who read it. <laughs> uh, kind of like us reading the grimoire. Uh, so uh, it's interesting to note that the first one of those, The Repair of Reputations, uh, is an early version of what has become called anti-story, which is a writing type, and I think Seth is a huge fan of this, uh, is fiction where one or more of the fundamental rules of the short storytelling is broken in some way. <laughs> uh, in the case of this first story, The Repair of Reputations, uh, Chambers pretty much for all intents and purposes, invites the reader to doubt every detail about the story being told because the narrator is unreliable. Uh, as it stated, uh, Chambers breaks the basic contract between author and reader by refusing to relate something that is both interesting and truthful, even given the suspension of disbelief required for fiction. That is something we've been dealing with since the very beginning of Destiny. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Seth took this directly into Destiny with the Books of Sorrow, who are told by an unreliable narrator. They're told, it's told by Oryx, uh, with hints that Savathun, you know, made her mark in that story somewhere about them all being lies. So you can only trust as much as you're willing to because you don't really know if what you're being told is the truth. Uh, so it's a... So having the grimoire in this instance reference the King in Yellow I don't think was done lightly, especially given what's been presented so far in Destiny. So, I mean, I would love to see this King in Yellow reference take... <laughs> uh, take a dark turn and see where it goes. Uh, 
especially at the end of the second sentence here, the last of his kind. Again, we haven't done a Fallen episode yet, but we'll talk about this a little bit. Uh, given the overt reference to the King in Yellow just prior to this, I don't know if we can trust that the Kell of Kings is actually the last Kell. But as far as we know, in-game, with everything we're given, uh, the Kell of Kings is the last Kell. So Solkus was the devil Kell. He was the one who got his, his head caved in by uh, St. 14. He's gone. Ever since then, it seems like the kings have been in control of the devils. Um, Axis, the splicer, he's not ever cons- called a Kel, but he is the leader of the devil splicers. He's dead. Uh, Draxus, the winter Kel, he's dead. We kill him in the story. A million times uh, whenever we're farming for <laughs> three of coins. <laughs> three of coins. Uh. <laughs> uh, Marasov is the Kel of wolves. She's currently missing in action. Skolas assumed control of the wolves and then nominated himself Kell of Kells. He's deceased. Uh, Chelchus was the Kell of Stone. He was either deceased or taken. It seems more like he was taken, but we've never really encountered him, though it seems like the Fallen take on different names after being taken, so we may have actually killed him and don't even know it. Uh, House Exile and House Judgment have no Kell. The House of Rain was exterminated during the Whirlwind, although they are the house that originally made the Kell of Kells prophecy. Uh, and House Scar is believed to have been assimilated by House Winter. So that's all the major houses. The only one still standing that has a Kell is, in fact, House Kings. We've never seen the Kell of Kings. We've never seen their Prime Servitor. Uh, we've never even seen their Archon Priest, I believe, or their Priest uh, Archon. So... They're in good shape. As far as we know, they're in good shape. But according to this, the house is broken. And I don't know why they would be. They've lost, what, two barons <laughs> to us? Uh, they're, they're the most together of all the houses at the moment. Yeah, but we also they're know also the most the together because they're the most hidden. And so we can't really know for sure how together they are. We just haven't seen them being falling apart. Yes. They also, in the King's Watch, they have, and we've talked about this, in the past, they have that crazy view of the Traveler and the city. Mm. Uh, and that perspective is not presented to us anywhere else in the game. They've, they've, got, they've got a camera. They've got a GoPro hidden somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're keeping tabs on that thing. So I'm, I'm hoping for a big, big story uh, with the King's. Uh, we know now it's confirmed in the Destiny 2, so which brings us right to Destiny 2. We know that the Fallen are back in Destiny 2, uh, but right now the house seems unknown. They're wearing purple, but purple is the color of the Awoken. So there's a, a quite a distinct possibility that either on Earth or Io uh, that this, the Fallen we're encountering, are actually under the command of Prince Aldrin. House brooding. <laughs> house house emo haircut <laughs> yeah house of brooding would be hilarious <laughs> I guess I could kill you but what would it mean to kill you <laughs> I, was, I was looking at oh, some, sorry way off topic kind of I was yeah. looking at some artwork um, just looking at as much stuff as I could find recently just that was on a binge and there was someone who photoshopped his face Eldrin's face over Steve Carell's on the 40-year-old virgin, like, movie poster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was the funniest-looking thing I've ever seen. It was hilarious. So, anyway, I'll have to find that now. 
I only ever think of Spider-Man 3. Oh, with um what? the hair? Yeah, with Peter Parker. And he's walking down the street, like, spinning and clicking finger guns at people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what the vandals will be doing if Aldrin ends the house. They'll have the hair. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, instead of the uh, fur collars, they'll just have, like, black and it'll be on their head. How funny would it be if you walked in to, like, a a fallen hideout and there's, like, hundreds of fallen in there? They all slowly turn around to look at you. Then they all pull their hoods back, and they all have Aldrin's haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're all jerks, <laughs> making like sassy comments at you. And then they slowly part, and Aldrin himself comes walking up between, like through the middle of them. It's all the Aldrin smirks sassy at you. Haircut, sassy haircut squad. Uh, <laughs> Pose like a band cover, a boy band. <laughs> Aldrin and the Fallen. Next oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, we don't know who those Fallen are at the moment, but if this if this actual Grimoire card is any lead up, it seems like there's a good chance that these guys, these Fallen, could be being controlled. And we don't know what Varix's role in all this is. Uh, speaking so. speaking of Varrick's, just in case I don't know the question comes up because we didn't mention it. Talking through all the houses, House of Judgment doesn't have a kill. <laughs> like that's the other house we know of, is House of yes. Judgment, and they don't have a kill. I thought didn't mention that, so I thought in case people have questions about that, uh, no, they don't have a kill. They don't have a house together. They're dispersed with all the other houses. So we also know from the grimoire that the fallen are rapidly vacating earth they're they're getting out uh in fact across a lot of the system the fallen seem to be retreating and we don't know why at the moment we don't know if you know maybe they're all rallying under the kell of kings because he's i mean so what's what's the prophecy say right right now there is literally only one kell that by default makes him the kell of kells Yes. Uh, so kings could have sent out a call that's uniting all the fallen under a single banner. Uh, you know, the wolves were heavily entrenched in uh, Firebase Rubicon. So the, the wolves may know that the Red Legion is on its way and have issued a sort of, hey, you know, broadcast to all fallen, get out. There is bad news on the way. Uh, and... Something just to, to mention is that the all the Fallen have ever wanted was to get the Traveler back. Uh, so if the Cabal are moving in and the Cabal are doing terrible things to the Traveler, that creates common ground between the forces of Earth and the Fallen because none, none of any of us want to see the Traveler actually destroyed or taken b- by somebody else. So that, that that sets a precedent there for a bit of of potential corroboration between the fallen and the forces of Earth or the Awoken. I hope so. That'd be so cool. I like the yeah, fallen. Be- They're my little space pirates. <laughs> Seriously though, so. the whole fallen thing—it's like it's like they had a ball and they accidentally kicked it over the fence, and instead of just going over and asking for it, they go up and start bashing the neighbors' kids to try and get it back. <laughs> <laughs> and so they start fighting back, and now someone wants to come and pop the ball. Work together, guys. Yeah. Yep. And we know from our talk uh, 
with Kirsten Potter that there's a good chance Mara is going to be back in a much more piratey format. So space pirates, Man, yeah, yeah. I'm all for I'm all for Captain, you know, Marasov leading her her armada of space pirates. <laughs> you know, they we've talked about this when we're arguing about factions uh, and how the only armada that exists at the moment is Dead Orbits. Dead Orbit has an armada. The other two factions do not. But man, can you imagine like a the Dead Orbit armada teaming up with a suddenly Mara Sov's, you know, space pirate armada? Uh, and I do have a gigantic space battle against the, uh, the Cabal. Yes, space battles. <laughs> space battles and pirates. I want this. I mean, I'm, st- I'm still holding out for an announcement, or maybe they won't announce it at all. It'll just happen in the game. You know, in Halo Reach, we got to fly the ship. Let me oh, fly my was, jump ship, please. That was, please. like, my favorite mission in that game. <laughs> I want to shoot down the Cabal from my from my Fermi solution. Well, I mean, at the, very, at the very best, it'll be, like, Halo 3, where suddenly we're fighting alongside the Elites and Arbiter and all the rest, and we've got them Right, exactly. Us. Like, yeah. we so, just I need mean, one faction of them to join us, and we're good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's certainly... Pre- so, like, we know we fight alongside uh, Zavala when he's not dead. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get a story mission where we have to team up with, like, a fallen captain. Uh, yeah, well, maybe we won't have Varix in our ear telling us what to do in a mission. He'll be alongside us. I would be worried about Varix being out with us. He doesn't seem like an in-the-field kind of guy. Well, I mean, that kind, that kind of thing, though, rather than in our ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just posted that 40-year-old virgin picture <laughs> in Slack in our old in, a, in the admin. His face isn't even, like, oriented or sized right. <laughs> I know. No, it's it's way off, but it's still pretty damn funny. His entire head is face and hair. It's, it's still The trauma with the Titans really cool, though. Uh. Uh, all right. I've got a few more questions we can Next. run through real quick. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Some of these are pretty short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do we got next? Um, is there any proof? Oh, this is from Sawal. Sawal? 201. So is the last one as yeah. well. This one's pretty related. We're not going to spend any time talking about the answer. Um, <laughs> is there any proof in the lore that there were more than three guardians on Kabir's fire team when they raided the Vault of Glass. Um, yeah, go back a few episodes, check out uh, second episode yeah. of the Vault of Glass that we just did um, because we talk about that extensively. So like we said, these are some older questions, so obviously we got this one prior to doing all of those episodes. Um, but it's there, and uh, go check it out. Yeah, and when you listen to it, just like a Marvel movie, stay after the goodbye. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when like most of the talking ha- ended when up the happening magic I happens. Think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what this is the next question is one of the only shows that drop slash wasn't on and this one uh was myself scooby deezy and handsome dragon um did this episode uh it was the festival of the lost episode so this one is from uh what do we call that hadron hedron hedron Hedron. Hey guys, I just started listening to your show. I'm on the Festival of the Lost episode. During the podcast, you talk about the masks and their descriptions. And you mention the traveler mask saying, I've been inside and it smells of vanilla. 
or something of that sort. Um, there's a piece of concept art floating around that shows the Black Garden clearly inside of a spherical object. And it's always been my belief that the Black Garden is actually inside of the Traveler. And the vanilla reference would be could be due to that. Just a thought. Love the show. Can't wait to hear more. So the actual um, Traveler Mask quote says, uh, Such simplicity, such contours. Been inside the Traveler, you know. Smells faintly of vanilla. And that's from Fenchurch Everest. So, um, yeah, Fenchurch uh, may not be the most reliable narrator. <laughs> We've come across that a few times. Um, he seems to have been everywhere and done everything. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, what do we have here? Um, so, when, we, when, when he came up, I mean, we, we were introduced to a lot of new kind of concepts that we didn't really didn't really know and, and never really explored in destiny one like uh like the risen do not fight as guardians because that was something that came out about that time right yeah like fenchurch is not a i mean he's technically a guardian right he's got a ghost but he doesn't fight he just flies around and goes on crazy adventures <laughs> yeah he doesn't work for the tower and the city necessarily yeah. he doesn't serve as their yeah. agent in the world so- as their soldier at least not that yeah, we know so he's of. A risen, he's a risen, so he's not. A, but he's not a guardian. Yeah, and 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 at least not based on the information we've been given so far about him. Yeah, uh, but he like he goes to parties and hangs out with other people who were like that. So <laughs> you know, and then they 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 expanded on this a little bit uh, with the whole Iron Lords thing during Rise of Iron with what's her name. Uh, Oh, our new, um, yeah, our new... Ephraim. Jeez. Where they they, they make this big deal about, like, oh, Ephraim thought there was another way other than fighting to use the light, blah, blah, blah. Except that she just shows up once a month and gives us guns to play with. (laughs) Hey, there's there's other ways to use the light than killing things. Now take this gun and go kill each other. It's like, come on. Uh, But there's illusions that Fenchurch and that whole group is potentially also Ephrodite's part of that group as well who are out far beyond Earth exploring other ways to utilize the light. So that tea party... It's never, so that, it's never that, really expanded on So that tea party that he goes to could be with a bunch of other Risen where they just kind of sit and point back at Earth and laugh at, at the Tower and the Guardians. Yeah. And that's on Jupiter, Oh, Jupiter, right? yeah. yeah. So who knows? But yeah, there's been a long-standing theory that the Black Garden is inside the Traveler, but there's never any evidence, hard evidence, that supports it. Uh, and now that we know about the Black Heart of the Garden and its references to the Blight, uh, it seems very, very unlikely that the the Black Garden is inside the Traveler. Um, it's worth noting that since the ghosts were born of the Traveler... If we were suddenly back inside the Traveler, the ghost would probably know. <laughs> uh, also, there's never any comment like, hey, it smells like vanilla in here, which would absolutely corroborate the story, but we're never given any of that information. Uh, and yeah, Fenchurch tells stories. That's what he does. Like He's he's a tall tale teller, so who knows if he's actually been inside the, the Traveler or not. Yeah. There could be no inside to the Traveler. It could be like a golf ball. It's just densely packed in the middle, so... <laughs> Yeah, he could he could so, be like he, he, I always think of him as just sort of eccentric millionaire uncle traveling around the world sending postcards back yeah. sort of thing and he can make yeah. up any story he wants just 
just yeah. for fun because he just likes <laughs> the the attention and the glamour and all that sort of thing. I, w- I once caught a fish this big. <laughs> yeah, like I had a tea party with you know the queen and king of the land the other day. I was like, didn't actually. He sat at home, watched TV. Doesn't matter. Yeah. No one knows. So, it it seems like one of those sort of eccentric tall tales to me. Yeah. All right, and then we got another question from him, right? Yep. Uh, We're all familiar with the various foundries and destinies, Suros, Hake, Amalan, etc. Which foundry produced the Shadow Price rifle frame? We know Tolan tinkered with it and made it into the beast that it is today, but we don't know which foundry addition. Do we know which foundry initially produced it? It has that symbol on the mag housing, the small circle made up of little glowing lights, and you can see it when you reload. Uh, I've never seen the mark. I've seen the mark on other various pieces of gear. Could that be a maker's mark of sorts? Uh, it is a bit. We talked about those symbols when we did talk about exotics. Uh, that's very much like the forces of the city. It's the tower faction. Uh, it looks like a tower faction issued model auto rifle. Uh, it's very similar to Dr. Nope, Grim Citizen, Vanquisher. Uh, it is worth noting that all these model auto rifles have a very similar body type to the early Soros auto rifles. Uh, the pest control matrix, which is, I think, one of the current or last cycle uh, Vanguard-issued auto rifles, is has a nearly identical frame to the Soros ARN33. Uh, so it's probable that these, these auto rifles are all early Soros mass production models before they got their very distinct visual overhaul to the more rounded models that we know now. So it seems that the frame, the shadow price frame, is a Soros body that was modified by Toland. Cool. Yeah, there we go. Um, Then we have this one, I guess, came from Twitter. Uh, It was from at V-I-S-T, Vist underscore gaming. Um, Would Amanda Holiday have known about Guardians before she made it to the city? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, don't we... We know that around that time that, that you know, people from the wilds were, were kind of coming to the city um, as refugees of some sort. Um, you know, that, that there were guardians out there like the, the Titan Order and the Pilgrim Guard that were, were tasked with bringing those refugees safely to the city. Um, but I don't know that, was it ever mentioned that that group was being, I don't think they were being escorted because they were attacked and... and Correct. A lot of them didn't make it, like Amanda's mother. So, well, when we when this before, so before Rise of Iron, you know, it very much the timeline up, you know, condensed seemed like, you know, people gather under the Traveler. The first city is formed. The Guardians rise. The Guardians are tasked with escorting refugees back uh, into the city. Rise of Iron introduced this whole thing with the warlords and. Uh, the Risen and all these things. So it very much, and then it all got screwed up again with that Destiny 2 <laughs> Zavala thing. Uh, so it's really, really tough to say. It seems like there were a lot of Risen. So people who were refugees to the first city even in the earliest days, would have known about the Risen, uh, at least, before they became the Guardians. 
So it would stand to reason that Amanda Holiday probably would have known about either the Risen or heard stories about the Guardians prior to her making it to the city. You almost said she's heard the rumors. <laughs> Your favorite line, right? <laughs> Uh, is it? No, it's not your favorite, <laughs> yeah, I, but it's maybe it you, may it's close. It's in my top you mentioned five. Mentioned a few times. I still hear you saying, "No, no, we haven't." No, we we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear every time I hear that line. Every time I hear that line, I think of you, man, because it just sticks out. So this the way you said that that first that first time I heard you say it, I was like, "Oh man, we got we got a great piece of feedback." I think it was in Discord uh, about an episode where somebody's like, "I didn't." Uh, I hadn't paid attention to how inconsistent Ghost was until I listened to your episodes about it, and now I can't not hear it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree, I agree with the answer to the question, which is uh, even if she hasn't seen Guardians before she made it to the city, she would have she would have probably known about them. Yeah. It's pretty likely. Because Guardians have been around, well, Risen have been around since the Collapse, and so have these people. So it would right. be something they'd heard of, even if they haven't seen right. them. Yeah, and Rise of Iron blew that all up, where it's like, oh no, the, the Iron Lords were everywhere, and they're helping everybody, and there was hundreds of them, and they were so well known, so. Yeah. So yeah, answer is most likely. What the hell is this question um, for Mike, Michael? I... I love it so much. I love this question. Go for it. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen sparrow? Uh, Unfortunately, he was not specific, so I have to ask him African or European. Hopefully, he'll get back to me about that. Michael WPG. I mean, don't we get to go more in the uh, European dead zone? Maybe we'll find out. Oh, Mm. there we go. If we get a sparrow in there, <laughs> yeah. After de- after Destiny Two, I will let you know. Yeah, we can do some. We can do some science. We can do some tests. You can grip it by the husk. Uh, all right. Well, we've got uh, one more here. Um, that is more of a kind of a technical question about the podcast, I guess. Um, you guys are my favorite Destiny podcast and one of my top five favorite podcasts overall. Drop playing against you was a blast. Your brother straight Rex. I appreciate all the work you do for the podcast and notes. I love being able to quote your theories to my friends and have some facts to back them up. So his questions come in a form of a list. It says, do you all chat during the podcast through Google Hangouts, Discord, Skype, String, and Cans, or what? <laughs> um, we use Skype. Uh, so this this right now we're chatting on Skype. Uh, we generally record our tracks individually and then we edit those all together and and try to try to make a decent quality show out of it um i mentioned this before in the last few episodes we've actually uh i say actually twice i think i did dang it um <laughs> we We've been using a straight recording of the Skype call to try to speed things up a little bit in kind of post-production, but we haven't been very happy with the audio quality. It's really tough to level things out, and you can't mess with each person's individual track that way. So we're going to move back to uh, to editing 
the whole thing um, as, as separate tracks. And it might take a little more time, uh, but it'll hopefully produce a, a better quality uh, end product. So I'm hoping hoping we get that. Now, that said, as when we have guests on and they might not have recording gear or they might be using earbuds or something like that, sometimes um, their individual tracks are kind of, of rough to use. So we may um, revert to using the Skype call uh, when we need to, but... Uh, but yeah, we, we use Skype and then and then each record separately, put them all into a drive, and then either myself or Gabble pulls them out and edits everything together. So yeah, only problem with the Skype call is that's susceptible to connection issues. Yeah, yeah, true. So um, if anyone's dodgy, it's that'll come out in that. Right. Yep. And we've seen I mean, that we've tried. seen some huge delays in the past from you. Sure, we ask a question or say yeah. something, and it's like a minute <laughs> later, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, and it's, for for my end, it's like every time I'd go to talk, it'd be silence, silence. All right, I'll talk, I'll talk, and it's suddenly it's like everyone's talking over me. I'm like, no. Yeah, one <laughs> of those one of those episodes was really bad. It was it was tough. So yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. I haven't got great internet anyway. Plus, you know, Australia doesn't have great internet anyway. Next question. Try doing the string and cans thing, but I don't think you could hold it <laughs> taut enough to keep uh, it above the ocean. No. Um, next question. What do you record your podcast with? So I use a combination of QuickTime and then I usually capture the, the Skype call as a backup. And I use this application called Pizio. Um, it actually can, uh, you can set it up to, to grab audio from pretty much any application on, on your, on your Mac. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a Mac, an iOS application only, but it does a pretty good job. Uh, so, so that's those are the the two I use. I've used Audition a couple times, but QuickTime just seems to be better and and easy to use. So I don't know what do you drop. You use QuickTime, right? Yeah, I just record uh, via my mic, my little Shure M9, uh, directly into an, a new audio recording in QuickTime, and then just save that file. You both have Macs there as well, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, I record. I record. I do most of my work on a PC, but I record the show on a Mac just yeah. because it's just like you know, uh, command space bar, start typing the word QuickTime, new file, and then you're just yeah, ready to yeah, go. It's easy. yeah. No, I because I use Windows. I use Audacity for my recording. Yeah, and I've got a, a blue. Yay! I've got a blue mic. It's a it's a Yeti uh, that I use. I'm pretty happy with it. It's a USB mic. Um, so it's easy plug and play kind of thing, and then sure, I don't know what you have, some weird red uh, thing. It's, it's USB. It's MXL Tempo is what it says on the mic. I don't know. Yeah. It was decent price. It's USB. It matched my old laptop, red and black. <laughs> there you go. Nice, you hunter. Um. <laughs> that wasn't important. <laughs> so are you? I know. So am I. I. Yeah, and I guess now that I think about it, my <laughs> MacBook silver, and so is my mic. Uh, but. Yeah, and planet. Um, this is an all hundred. Yeah, show, huh? it is. Uh, Gabble, Gabble. Yeah, we didn't mention this. Gabble's not here. Um, we didn't mention it. He hasn't said a word the entire episode. He's actually here. He could be. He's just. He could right. be. Let's listen, <laughs> let's listen close. Um, <laughs> Clicks out for DGS. Do you record separately and then send the recordings to one person? I think I kind of kind of mentioned that. So. Yep. Yeah. Although send the recordings to one person, it's more we stick them in a drive that one person can grab them all from. Right. And we, we can all access yeah, we any a, of them at any time. 
and we we save those recordings for a while until we get the final product out, and then eventually we kind of clean up all the different files we have and get rid of that. I think you th- yeah, yeah you I, dump the raw I, stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, what I do is I'll every once a season, like when season one of DGS was done. Uh, I grabbed all the shows, all the notes, bundled them all up, downloaded them to a hard drive, and then cleaned out the drive. Yep. Um, what's this next one? How do you ask other people, celebrities, and podcasters to be a guest on your show? And do you get to guest star on other podcasts and shows often? Um, so, I mean, I've been on, on a few podcasts. I've, I've been invited on those uh, Gabble's been a guest on some. I think uh, back when Handsome Dragon was with us, he was on Crucible Radio. Um, but it's, I mean, it's as easy as just kind of reaching out to him uh, via some type of, of media. I mean, I, I don't want to say social media because that's actually not how I how I try to do it. Uh, I'm usually the one who's reaching out and asking for guests. Um, I mean, some of our guests we've had are... We're already in our Slack chat, like uh, Baxter and uh, Kex and Cosmology, and um, but uh, <clears throat> as far as uh, you know, we uh, we had Swain Stash on, and, and I had chatted with him through uh, twi- uh, Twitter, and just did a DM and invited him into our Slack, and, and that's how we used to do it. Was if we had someone that would agree to be a guest, we'd invite them into our Slack so that we could do some planning. Um, now you said celebrities, that's a little different different thing. Um, a lot of them aren't overly uh, active in social media, and when they are, a lot of times, so they don't get a million messages, their DMs are locked down. So you have to kind of just go through the proper channels. I mean, it, it's you know you got to do a little research and find out how to contact them for business purposes. Um, in some cases, I've been able to get in touch with people directly. Uh, you know, via an email or something like that. Other times I've had to actually work through their agents and set up a meeting. And, and I mean, it was a legitimate process of, of scheduling uh, a meeting and session to talk about what we're doing to see if they would even agree to to talk to us and, and be on the show. So, I mean, it, you know, we run this as professionally as we can kind of on the back end. Um just uh, so that we're taken seriously whenever we try to have guests on, because and if you if you hear our our interviews there, you know we let them know it's it's a lot of of unscripted just kind of of chat. You know, I mean it's it's we have we have a rough guide to what we want to talk about, and they are presented with that guide prior to a show. Uh, so they know what to expect. We don't want to drop in. You know, we're not going to talk about things that they can't talk about or ask them questions that they say, well, I'm not going to talk about that or I'm not allowed to talk about that. It's just, you know, just, again, trying to be professional and, and make sure they're aware of what's happening. And if they can give us some answers to some of the questions prior to, it helps with the flow. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, if the, if you're asking because you're interested in starting a podcast, that's what I recommend is is being professional in how you uh, approach guests and other people and, and making sure that you're you're uh, just not kind of shooting from the hip and, and hoping you'll get get a, an answer by posting a, a public, hey, come be on my show kind of thing on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, they're going to look at that and say, oh, well, yeah, that was that was very cool, I guess. 
I should definitely go on that show. You know, it, 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 again, it's just like a business. I mean, granted, you know, we're not, you know, we don't make any money. We don't, we don't charge anything to listen to our show when we're, we're, you know, but just treat it like you would, would your job. And if you had to call someone and, and talk business, so that's how we do it. Um, what do we got next? Yeah. If you've, oh. if you've, if you liked, if, if you've loved any of the guests that we've had on our show, that's all x-ray. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and does these X-ray magic and gets people on. I, I mean, I've been I've been really lucky. Everyone we've had on has been super nice and and you know receptive to to meeting with us and and actually you know after the fact we've said hey you'd love to have you back on in the future to see what else you're working on and and all of them seemed you know at the time at least uh, sound like they'd be willing to to come back on so we might have some of our previous guests back to see what kind of stuff they've been doing and and you know. You've probably noticed we talk a lot about them. You know, we're not we're not out to to try to get the deep dark secrets of Destiny because, you know, like we've said before, a lot of the people that work on Destiny may not have ever played the game. They get hired to read some lines and use their voice, and that's about the gist of it. I mean, I still love that Lenny James uh, interview. Quote, yeah, that's yeah. great. He's like, oh, they called me up and I read some stuff and apparently it was in the game, or you know, I, he like had no idea what it was really even for. It seemed like. Um, so that's why, you know, we just want to give people a little more insight to what they do as a, as a content, I mean, a content creator, as a, as a professional voice actor or writer or, you know, whatever, whatever they're doing. I mean, gosh. And it's also, Go ahead. it's important to remember that, you know, on a, a game like Destiny, you know, they're probably also under NDA and you have to be respectful of that. Uh, you can't. And this is my personal philosophy, just because like in an interview, you can't just ambush somebody like that with a question that could get them in trouble, that could compromise their ability to keep doing what it is they do, the reason why we're talking to them in the first place. So like you said, that's why we like write the interview and then present it and make sure that everything in there is kosher with them, because we never want to get into a, a discussion or have them unveil some deep, dark secret that is like, you know, and they get a call from Bungie after we release episodes. Like, oh well, you know what? You broke your NDA, so good and luck. we're we're so conscientious yeah. of that that we've actually um, presented our our questions and in our interview document um, to Bungie. To you know, we send them a copy and say, hey, we're going to talk to this person and want to make sure you're okay with these questions we're going to ask. And and we've never had them uh, change anything. But again, we go into it thinking we're not going to ask. The hard question, so to speak. So, you know. Yeah, we're not, I'm not trying to not trying to dig out any deep dark right. secrets and, about things. I mean, the last place we want to be is on Bungie's um, list of people <laughs> yeah. to totally block <laughs> and ignore, and, and you know, so because we we like to, you know, I mean, we wouldn't have made it onto a, well, a well, community focus if we did that, you know. I mean, just different <laughs> stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Um. Do, 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 do. Uh, what do we do to How do you dampen, dampen background, the background noise? noise? Um, <laughs> I close my windows. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's essentially what we all do. I I record in a space that there's not much noise, or try to. And here recently, I've I've talked about this. I built me a little room, and not just for this. Like I said, I'm interested in getting into some more audio stuff, but I also wanted a space that uh, that I could. Lock your kids out of. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a plus. Um, but no, I, you know, just just kind of kind of a space because, like I said, I'm in my garage, 
and it can get a little dirty and I can close off all my electronics and everything off uh, away from from the elements so to speak um, and yeah uh, sure but just quit uh, I believe my answer is uh, uh, you and Gabble are really good at editing yeah <laughs> well I mean <laughs> since I mean when you had that that aircraft yeah computer your... that sounded like a plane taking off right yeah. that was that was fun to edit but uh, but yeah we do is it and, better now uh, as far as I know yeah it's great it's a lot better it's good um, that fan was crazy uh, yeah I can actually Skype with my boyfriend now with the speakers because it doesn't pick up the sound of its own fan and create an infinite loop of gradually increasing in pitch <laughs> fan noise oh nice <laughs> as it did previously <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there's there's some stuff that that if it's obvious during the call that there's some noise, we'll we'll cut it out in post. But uh, but a lot of times, you know, you'll you'll hear you know the, the occasional door close, the dog bark, and stuff. And we just don't worry about that stuff too much. Again, I mean, this is our hobby. You know, we're not we're not professional podcasters, and and we each don't have our own little uh, sound room. So it's uh, it's. We're not like Kirsten Potter who did her recording in her actual recording yeah. studio. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Some of the yeah. Some of those some of the audio that that they had was just it's crazy. It's it's crazy how quiet you know it was and how good it sounds. Um, but yeah. So we just we do our best to keep the noise down. Something I had done in the past too was when I was when I moved stuff around is I hung I hung a couple blankets on my wall to help absorb some of the sound in the garage because I was getting a bad echo and. And uh, I think it's I think it helps um, when you do stuff like that. So, uh, what That's else? Good excuse for my room to be messy. <laughs> there you go. Sleep closer. I'm in my, be- I'm in my bedroom to record, which is in the <laughs> middle of the house. So, I just tell people outside to keep quiet because I still live at home, and I put a big caution tape out in the hallway outside my door to stop people from walking in front of my door. It says says zombies ahead on it. So there's that. Right. Uh, so I see people from using the bathroom next to my room because you would hear that through the wall and no one needs that. Right. Uh, and my room is messy and dampens everything. There so you go. That's great. That, yeah. There's, you know, I've heard a lot of people say they actually, um, on other podcasts, they will go into, like they have a walk-in closet and I've heard that recommended before is to, uh, if you can, oh, yeah. record in your closet because of all the clothes that are in there, they'll absorb the a lot of the sound. It, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Whatever you can do to cut down on the echo and background noise is is about the best you can hope for. So, um, what else? What type of editing do we do to the recordings? How do we keep a good recording schedule? And how do we coordinate recording times with each other? I just read through those last three just because then we can just talk. Um, editing, I kind of talked about. It's it's really just uh, you know I'll, I'll I run stuff through kind of a little. Uh, filter thing it helps kind of clean up some of the noise and and um it's it's weird because i've I've found that each person's voice sounds better or worse based on the filter like mine um it it when i use this this kind of low tone kind of filtered it helps with softening some of the the lower stuff it it helps my voice but whereas drop and gavel both the the high higher one is it, it cuts off some of their their higher pitched uh sounds that they make um and it, it helps their voice a little better and sherbs i don't know it's weird because i use this one it's called like 
I think it's just called Podcaster. <laughs> and it works it works for her so hey uh, but yeah I've, I've messed around with them that's where that's where sherb's accent comes from it's a filter that it gives her an that's australian right. yeah, accent it's called the she actually lives in, she actually lives in detroit <laughs> <laughs> you, there you go more more secrets um how do we keep a good, to say that <laughs> how do we keep a good recording schedule fire. i mean when we started that's a load. It's a loaded yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we started, you know, we we picked a day that worked best for everyone. And Sunday nights, um, after kids are in bed and after um, you know the world has settled down a little bit, is what we kind of decided on. Um, there's been times where we couldn't get together and we'd push it to whatever the next open day during the week is that works for the most people. So that's why some people haven't been able to be on certain times and. And uh, even with that, even with our, our, you know, we've had the same Sunday night kind of schedule uh, for a year and a half. You know, there's still times when it doesn't work out and, and you know, one person will have to, I've dropped early before and come in late and and uh, just kind of depends. Kind of the same with uh, coordinate, coordinating recording times. Um, luckily, it just, I mean, like I said, it just kind of worked out. I'm, I'm uh, in the central time zone. Uh, Gavel and I both are actually uh, drops on the west coast. So when when we start recording around 10 p.m. my time, it's what eight o'clock at Drops House and and uh, yep. Sherbet. I mean, she just has yeah, had to deal with our schedule. Works out nicely to a <laughs> midday-ish early afternoon on a Monday for me. Easier Sunday nights, which is great because like evenings for you guys is probably one of the more com- convenient times for me. <laughs> So it all worked out. Yeah, it just, I mean, it Works. really just kind of fell into it and, and worked. Um, but we use, I mean, throughout this whole process, we've always used Slack as our main source to communicate with each other. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it's like Discord. It's it's like all the other, the other chat applications where we can, you know, I can get up in the morning and be awake at 7 and drop still sleeping at 5 or still playing Destiny or whatever. Um, and I can post a, Hey, what are we doing today? Are we talking about the show? Are we recording tonight? Are we doing this next week? And then I can just forget about it and go about my day and eventually someone will answer. So it's, it's, uh, it works out well. And then occasionally it's, it's funny because, you know, um, like this past week and and it's the past few months, actually, it's been a little slower for conversations because we haven't really been hardcore planning for a lot of stuff. So, you know, I can post a question, you know, on Thursday and may not get an answer until Saturday night or Sunday. Um, But then all of a sudden it'll just, you know, the chat will blow up and we'll have, you know, a three hour, like fast and furious, you know, chat fest in uh, in in Slack. And we're all just going back and forth about different stuff for the longest time. And so it's just again, we've got to we've. We've got a good group, so it works out well, and and it's it's easy to coordinate and and make things happen. And yeah. when we miss a show, we're a little upset sometimes, but we understand that uh, our life comes first at the moment. So we uh, take it all with kind of a, a grain of salt. It's ama- I think it's I found it to be really amazing between like Slack and what we do with Google Drive, like our. <clears throat> I think all our collaborative styles are really excellent, and that's a big part of working on a show like this or moving forward with something like this is that you got to find people who you collaborate really well with it. 
you know, we just all work really well together as a team. So it makes, I think when, no matter what tools we had chosen to do this, uh, it's the dynamic of the group that really makes it work well. There's a, there's a huge level of trust too. I mean, because we've all got access to all of our different, um, accounts and logins and, and just everything. So, you know, you know, we all at any time could go onto Twitter and post something from, you know, the main DGS Twitter feed, but we don't do that unless it's relevant to the show and we don't spam it with a bunch of, of nonsense. That's what my personal accounts for. And, you know, the same, the same with, uh, the Google drive, you know, we, we know not to go in there and just start deleting stuff out that we don't think is, is that, you know, we always say, Hey, there's this bunch of stuff we don't need. Does anyone have any objections to getting rid of it? And then we kind of take a vote, or if one person thinks it needs to stay, it stays, you know? Um, and that's, you know, we've, it, it definitely, you gotta, we didn't want to limit in everything, and we didn't want to make it one person's responsibility for everything. So we had to be able to trust each other enough to, to know we weren't going to abuse some of the stuff we have, so. Yeah, yeah, it it worked, works out and has worked out and will continue to work out, I hope. And uh, so, are we doing this last question? Uh, We've already answered this last question, which is why I left it here. Okay. Uh, I've got... I'll just read it. I mean, I was just going to read it real quick. Oh, I was going to go into something else real quick, but but if you want to read it, go ahead. I would say so. Longtime uh, listener, Xbox Live Warlock. Uh, this is from Sleeping Sniper. Get all my lore from you guys, so no real questions about that. Uh, this is mostly about the game being PlayStation prioritized. As of the moment, I still can't even pre-order ROI uh, on Xbox. Uh, that was a big kerfuffle. Uh, also, recently built a really good PC gaming machine, only to find out that these games I would play I already own on the Xbox. So here's my question. What are your thoughts on the whole PlayStation priority thing? Uh, And do you think Destiny will ever make it over to the PC? (laughs) So unfortunately, when you wrote this question, uh, your really good gaming PC may not be able to run Destiny because (laughs) they were running it on really beefy machines when I was at the D2 reveal. But yes, Destiny is coming over to PC. Uh, And personally, for me, I think the exclusivity is bad for the game. Uh, I think it's going to cause more. Now that we're on three platforms, I think it's going to become more of a problem. But you know what? That's what deals were made, and that's Activision and Sony, and there's not much we can do about it. Yeah, with regards to the exclusive, I just I would put a, put my little bit in on exclusivity uh, with Destiny 1. It I can tolerate it because I understand that there were deals made and you need this sort of incentive and everything. What I could I could deal with like armor missions, whatever. Have your exclusives. That's fine. I I'll just pretend it's not a thing. It really bothered me when there was the ghost in the strike, and I couldn't actually and 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 not just the ghost in the strike. The exclusive weapons were in my grimoire and were in my completion, and I, there was no way I could complete the game to a hundred percent because I was on the wrong console. And that's where yeah. I draw the line of being acceptable. <laughs> I'm okay if they want their own fancy weapons. Just don't make me not, like, don't put me at a disadvantage because I didn't buy your console. Because I can't just then port over to PlayStation and be where I'm at. I have to start from the beginning. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's my not, bit on I'm exclusivity. 
is that it's it's fine as long as no one is disadvantaged or unable to complete the game because of it. Yeah. All right. But that's just no, my I re- opinion. You like purely cosmetic stuff it's fine. But, but like even now we're dealing with like stuff that is years old that Xbox and Xbox is not going to get it, right? If the game's Destiny 1's not being updated yeah. anymore. It means that those exclusives will never be unlocked for the Xbox users, which means that we'll never be able to complete our Grimoire. Not that the Grimoire is going forward, apparently, but, yeah, it's frustrating, like, not being able to get that stuff. Yeah. I'd be fine if they just didn't have it as, like, on the Xbox Grimoire, you just didn't have, like, the Jade Rabbit sort of, you know, that that example, it wasn't there, so I could complete it to 100% within my means. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fine. Yeah. Uh... I don't mind time gated as long as it's like, you know, four months or something. That's not a big deal. That's okay. I can be yeah. patient, but without any actual, it'll be now. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I want to complete the game. I want to have all the things. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be interesting too because there's not. Like I think PC users are used to having the most. Mm. Like, usually when it moves from, like, PC to console, there's something that has to be cut. Like, Diablo 3 is a great example. Like, there was no seasons in Diablo 3 until, like, um, a week ago uh, because the de facto experience was on PC uh, and it was just ported over to consoles. I think PC, the whole, quote-unquote, like, you know, PC master race people, they're used to having everything at the best it can possibly be with the console experience being slightly compromised. And now if those exclusives remain only on PlayStation, then the PC users are out now getting cut out the same way the Xbox players are. But it's like, why can I run this game at like, you know, 60 FPS and all the settings max and it looks absolutely gorgeous and awesome, but I can't play part of the game. That's That seems like a thing that's going to get under the skin of a lot of PC yeah, players. Yeah, and the, the issue with the behind and being ahead is usually because it's a game that was originally PC that has then come to console. And a lot of games Could I can have. think of where the PC is ahead is because it's a few updates ahead of the console. It's just lagging behind. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense, but it's, it'll be interesting going to PC from console. Very console-focused. Uh, to see how they handle that. Well, we, um, we're pushing a little over two hours, uh, yeah. but I want to do a couple. I want to, real quick, I'm going to run through a couple things here. Um, are you going to thank no, some people? No, no, no. <laughs> um, I guess some other people are thanking us. So I uh, oh. I haven't done this in a while. So iTunes reviews. I'm going to read a few of these because there's one in particular I want to read that I, I really liked. It was pretty funny. Um, so this one came in um, from uh, BT Gambin. And it says, top notch, I really enjoy the podcast. I'm a year one Destiny player. I really appreciate all the time and effort you guys put into this podcast. Yet another example of how awesome this community really is. So thank you very much for the review. Um, we've got one here um, that came in recently also. It says, uh, I'm not going to go back too far because there were a lot of, where'd you guys go? And uh, and stuff like that because um, we had our, had our little dry spell. But... Uh, this one says, any nicknames left, really? Um, okay. Destiny Lore. Awesome podcast. However, I really enjoyed Drop Slash's Destiny 2 review for the premiere. He must have a photographic memory. The details of the game he was able to recall was amazing. Kudos for re- reviving Zavala. <laughs> um, now, we mentioned this. He took a lot of notes while he was there, too. So, I mean, his photographic memory did have a little bit of a 
um, support, I guess. Um, but uh, but yeah, the I mean that was great. I, I listened to it again, and it's it's a good good episode. So. Uh, as a fellow podcaster, this is Rogue Spartan 4. As a fellow podcaster, I am so impressed by the amount of work and effort that goes into each show. Been listening since the beginning and looking forward to hearing you, hearing and seeing you guys in Destiny 2. Love you guys. Rogue Spartan 4 out. Um, so we get, I mean, that's a lot of the, uh, the reviews we get are just short and sweet like that. But there's this one we got uh, from Ren... Oh man, I hate messing up names on people that leave reviews. Uh, Ren Avadi, Ren Avadi, on bio. It's it's got a lot of zeros. Oh shit, I'm stupid. Renovation bio, and that makes so much more sense now that I when I read this. Okay, here we go. Detailed, broke down, and explained Destiny lore. I have listened to episode one to fifty one in a month. Usually four to six hours a day, Monday through Friday. I flip restored house. I flip and restore houses. I love my job, but the podcast has made me love it even more. A lot of times, I'm alone doing what I do, just thinking about destiny and what I want to knock out when I go home, and how fast I can get there. Last month, though, it was a little different. I stayed till the episode I was listening to would end, which is usually an extra hour or so before I would start to clean up and head out. All of a sudden, I found I was accomplishing so much more without realizing it. Stairs would get built, stain would go on, and railings would go up. Homes would improve. And all the while, I was roaming the Cosmodrome where it all started. Then all the way to the Lords of Iron, where we sit now. This podcast is a top contender. Give it a shot. I know it won't disappoint. DGS, making homes better. <laughs> I mean, no, he awesome. didn't that. That was me. So yeah, I read that and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! That is amazing." I it was just, I love that. I love that review. That's one of my favorites now. Um, and to think that I mean, we helped someone improve at their job or do more at their job as opposed to you know just distracting as I as I kind of believe would really happen um it's so cool so renovation bio thanks so much for that one that was that one's good what do you guys think of that one that's awesome yeah i was I, I liked it sorry i maybe i liked it a little more than anywhere else but yeah it was good stuff no i, I think that's that's awesome that they get more work done because of it and it helps them <laughs> stairs, it cracks with, stairs would get built stain would go on it was like oh man <laughs> sounds so epic. Yeah, I know, right? That's the way I read it in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, all this amazing stuff's going um, but on. But from now on, anytime talking about reno- time someone's talking about renovation, I'm going to have to read it as Ren Avadion. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so if you guys want to leave us a review and haven't, head over to iTunes and do that. Um, like I said, I read them all and I share them with these guys. Uh it's it's a lot to keep up with, but it's it's great. Um, we get some reviews or get some comments over on Podbean. They're a little tougher to dig out, uh, but I do read those as well, and I respond to some of them because it's more of a it's it's more of kind of like a, the way YouTube works, where you can you can kind of have a conversation or you can leave a leave a comment and we can respond. But uh, but iTunes is a is a great place to go and do that. Um, 
and I think, like I said, I think it helps uh, helps us get seen by more people. It's um, I, this past couple months, I think people since the Destiny Two announcement, I think people are getting out there and looking for more information, and it's it's bringing them back because uh, we've had a lot of new listeners that have have jumped into the Discord and said, "Hey, I just started listening. I haven't even made it through all the podcasts, but I wanted to join you guys." Um, and so we're getting we're actually getting comments about old episodes and and questions about old episodes which is pretty pretty awesome so um if you can go out and leave us a review and you know recommend us to people get more people listening to us tell them you know you want to get amped up for destiny 2 this might be a way if you're into the into the story um you hear that drop i avoided the word lore for you uh (laughs) yeah i know i'm trying i'm trying um but yeah, so so that's it. There's there's a lot more reviews on there, and there's some good ones out there, uh, and I'll keep reading them if you guys keep writing them. So thank you again. Um, that's it. That's all I got. It's uh, it's late. It is. Oof. Yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, it's gonna be a long one. Yeah. Hope everyone enjoys it. It's fun. Uh, we uh, we may have some more like this even when Destiny Two comes out because like we've said there might be a it might take a little longer to get our get our feet on the ground as far as the the story is concerned and, and getting that information really researched and and understand what's going on i mean we're gonna have to play through it a few times before we probably have a have the full picture so um yeah that's that's it come join our discord leave a review email us um we got a website still it's out there destinyghoststories.com um twitter we're out there. We'll have all the the pertinent links and and in the description. Yep. So uh, come come see us, visit, say hi. If you're gonna be at DestinyCon, I'll be there too. So we'll gavel, and apparently drop could maybe make a an appearance. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. We'll do that. I guess that's it. There you go. We're gonna go. Bye. We'll see you all next time. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for mouse clicking. (laughs) All right, that's it. We'll see you all next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Right. Thanks, everyone.